seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live radio contact. Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton. We're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. Good evening, mate. You okay? Yeah, very good. How's your week been? Yeah, very good, mate. Not so bad. Up to now, I've had a bit of time off on, on Monday and then uh, back in work last couple of days. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to, to the match on, on Friday night, mate. And uh, a lot's happened this week. It's been quite hectic, really, all the, the goings on and, uh, and what have you. So, uh, so yeah, be glad to uh, to get back out watching the boys on Friday. Yeah, all the hectic hectic stuff this week, Paul. Guess what I've started to do this week? Go on. A bit of meditation. What? Relaxation. Seems to be working. Feel more stressy and relaxed. Um, Where have you been doing that at work or at your own? No, at my house. <laughs> Can't do it be desk. All right. But yeah. It's, no, uh, I thought you might have been doing it around the keys. Or no, something. well, I, I, I'll tell you a story. There's there's like there's walking meditation, isn't there? Where you where you meditate and you walk. And I tried that, but ended up nearly falling. Nearly fell in the ship, can I? Yeah, nearly. So I didn't. I thought <laughs> this is a bad idea. So I, I didn't. I decided sat down or lying down at home is the safer option for me. Yeah. But yeah, it's fantastic. It's uh, it's, it's doing all right so far. So hopefully it'll uh, continue to do it and it'll yeah, it sounds good. Even better. Um. So what have we got on this week's show, Paul? We got loads on this week's show. Uh, we're going to look back at the Castleford win. Uh, we've got interviews with Tyrone McCarthy and Nia Levels. We've got Ian Watson in coach's corner with all the big news coming out of Salford Devils, all the ins and outs at, at, at the club. Uh, we've got your amateur report and then we're going to preview the game against uh, Wigan on uh, Friday night. So lots to look forward to, Paul. Yeah, sounds like another uh, marathon show there, Rob, with all what we've, what's happened. And it is like we just said then, uh, it's amazing what, what can happen in a week, can't it? I mean, you wouldn't have thought probably we'd be playing for Leeds, you know, a week ago, but... I'm sure we'll chat about that later in the show and uh, all the rest of the stuff. But there's some exciting stuff as well, players coming in as well, and a player to look forward to. So, uh, where there's a sort of a disappointing storyline, perhaps there's a bit of a positive positive line in there we can spin on it. Yeah, it's all about uh, making the good things happen. It's all for the devils, loads of good stuff happening. And we're going to be telling you all about it on the podcast uh, you know, today. So, what we'll do, we'll start off with the, the win against Catford um, last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. Opportunity for Salford, though, Steve. Unlucky there. Definitely unlucky. I mean, at the South Stand to a man thought he got the ball down, but as it is, the referee disagrees. Castleford breathe again, and Salford, I've got to use this last chance to see if they can capitalise on this position. 10 metres out, he's coming out to Louis on the right. He tries his man, he's still going inside to Inu. Inu has a little run through to the kick on. Devils is there, and Devils scored following through a kick. Brilliant chase. It was a last tackle play. And what a way to end that attack. 
in he looked as though he was covered by by the fullback but from 10 metres out he noticed he had the Evans up where it was Evans on his inside wasn't it and Evans' pace followed the ball over the line and to a man again the fan says that's definitely a try great try Rob yeah fantastic work Matt Robert Lillian a bit of magic offloaded it to Christian Inney a little kick through and Niall Evans over top Super League try scorer Johnny on the spot managed to grab the ball and put the ball down to give Salford a lead here at the AJ Bell Stadium fantastic start for Salford just what Ian Watson needed Steve it's Tompkins again looking for options Inu skips past one defender ball goes down picked up by Evels he's coming across the line looking for options Casper Tiger defence is struggling there but they just about managed to tackle the uh, the England Knighters Hastings come forward flat ball to Lee Mossop try for Salford under the post great score for Salford lovely way by Hastings and Lee Mossop the try scorer Steve oh that was a classic rugby league try if ever we get to see that again from the start of the set before it it was concise controlled rugby league from Salford the ball went through so many pairs of hands they allowed themselves to be tattled but then Evels' break across to the left was the key one and it came back inside and they got rugby players with rugby league brains hanging on to the ball long enough to find a pass and the man, the man who's on the end of it was Lee Mossop but if ever there's such a thing as a team try it was that one because in the build-up in the last two sets everybody was involved with positive rugby league determination and listen to the fans Rob they know they're seeing a really good performance so far 12 points to 6 11 minutes to go in this first half Adam Walker's on the field Lee Mossop's off and uh, it's Lusick at the play the ball Lusick to Hastings drop off ball to Jones he comes back at an angle brought down two metres out it's uh, Lusick to Hastings he's got options skips inside one like a knife through ball oh yes Jackson Hastings reaches over the line for Salford Red Devils wonderful work fantastic poetry in motion in fact fantastic score for Salford Steve absolutely what quality what skill we were seeing there the players were all lined up on the right knowing what they were doing Lusick instrumental again he gets the first pass going but he passes the ball just like an arrow it goes into the recipient's hand and then this time Hastings didn't pass it along the line he dummied he cut back inside and when the line was somehow a little bit short he manages just to steep his elbows off the ground long enough to be able to throw his upper body forward to put the ball back down on the try line in front of the South Stands Reds fans who are loving it who are in fine voice <laughs> Jackson Hastings we've got let's hope we get him next year as well but we enjoy the moment when we enjoy the moments like that which was a bit special Rob it's Welland to Jones bounces past one gets to halfway it's going to be uh, Joey Lusick at the play the ball Lusick Skempis in the play the ball big gap opens up for Joey Lusick trying to go around the fullback wrapped up it's Rob Lewis in the play the ball it's Lewis looking for options long ball to Hastings well, Hastings got Wellen Wellen is skipping past one defender inside to Hastings again dummies off loads to Darrell Alphurst gap opens up for Alphurst and Darrell Alphurst scores 
for Salford Red Devils. Lovely work by Joey Lusick and Jackson Hastings. And Daryl Olfurts gets over the line for Salford Red Devils. It's Salford Devils 22, Castle Tigers 16 with a kick to come. Oh, Rob, what a try. This game is so tough and Salford are out toughing Castleford. That started with an unbelievable break from Lusick up the middle. He got pace to burn at this stage of the game after six minutes of, of that toughest rugby that you can see. He had the pace to go up the middle to the 20 and then the support play after that was absolutely second to none. It looked as though the cast defence had just done enough to get back to stop Hastings from scoring. But the support play, the ability to offload the ball, Alfurts was there to take the ball. Jackson, another significant contributor. All coming over for a few words from Ian Watson, Josh Jones, Robert Louis and, and Jackson Hastings. And that is absolutely brilliant. The Reds fans loving it. As you would, how can we not love a score like that? So, Salford Devils were victorious against Castor Tigers. They won 26 points to 16, Paul. Great win for Salford. Two on the spin, up to fifth in the Super League. Happy days. Yeah, it was a good result, Rob. It was a good win. It, it was one of those it, before the game. It was a 50-50 game, really. I mean, Cass are playing pretty well. I know they're in a bit of bad form, but they've got some good players, haven't they? And, uh, it was going to be a tough game playing against them. You know, Daryl Powell, good coach, well-drilled side. You know, if you go down there 1-17, to they've got some, some good players, some good individual players as well, and a, and a very big pack of forwards. And I was surprised at the way we came out. And we absolutely, I thought we absolutely dominated them early on. The forwards got on top, and... But for some silly, silly individual errors, I think we, we should have been 18 0 up at half time. And I thought we kept them in the game with, with, with some poor play. And, uh, and yeah, second half, we came out and we nailed them in the second half and thoroughly deserved the win, I thought. I thought we was head and shoulders above them. And, uh, no, it's a good result. It's, it's took us above them as well. And they're fifth, they were fifth in the table, so no mugs. And uh, we leapfrogged them now. And the way results have gone, especially Catalan getting lamped at home on Saturday, we're only two points behind Catalan Dragons now. So, uh, so yeah, it was it was a it was a good result. It was a sort of a crossroads result, really, wasn't it? You know, for the two sides, and you know, defeat would have dropped us right back down the table again. That sort of dogfight down there, but the win again takes you sort of six points in front of Leeds now. So, uh, so yeah, we're looking we're looking up and in the right direction. Yeah, two early tries uh, from Salford, one from Everton, <coughs> and one from Mossop. Ian Watson has spoke in recent weeks about how we start slow and having to catch teams up this week not a problem went out the went out the blocks early got the job done early doors obviously Casper did come back uh, but early scores make a big difference yeah they certainly do there were two good tries as well you know in his little kick through for him uh, you know, very very cleverly saw an eye levels there in support that was a good try and then Lee Mossop as well off that lovely ball from Jackson Aces went delayed, delayed sort of pass and you know, I think I could have scored that there. He sort of went through. He showed the strength as well to, to crash over. But great ball for Hastings, put him through a gap. And at 12, though, we was, we was doing well. Then obviously we conceded a, a, a soft try through a, through a little kick through. And then we, we scored another one through uh, through Jackson Aces. That was an excellent try that from Hastings. He took a high shot there as well from, from Liam Watts, I thought. And, uh, you know, he, he sort of shrugged it off and just went over and to, to score. And then obviously we conceded a try from an offload from Daryl Alperts and well, I think it was an offload. I think he lost it actually coming out of yardage, and it was uh, well, it was a bit of a loose carry, and that was that was disappointing. And obviously, that uh, silly piece of play, if you can call it, when the hooter sounded off that 
that penalty kick attempt from, from Kristen Inu, the ball hits the post and then what happens next? It's like a question of sports situation, isn't it? You know, Cass gives us the ball back, we offload it and then go the length of the field. So you've gone from 18-6 to 18-10 then, haven't you? you know, uh, just before, our, sorry, 18-16 then before our time. So that that gave Castleford a bit of false hope, I think, really. And uh, I, th- I thought the scoreline at the end of the game flattered them because I thought we were the mild better team. Yeah, we, we let Castleford back in the game with, with, our, with our errors. Let's be honest, Paul. I thought yeah. the boys were, you know, pretty solid. But in rugby league, you know, you cough up the ball in dangerous areas, you will get punished. And that's why Castleford sides are a good side because, you know, they got the opportunity and they scored three tries out of really nothing in that first half. I think Ian Watson, obviously, that team talk at half-time, very, very important for me because, obviously, conceding that comedy try just for half-time, it can, that kind of kind of thing sort of swings games, doesn't it? So, obviously, Ian Watson yeah. did the right thing, probably settled the boys down, said, listen, boys, you're playing the right way, keep playing like you're doing, no more silly errors and we'll win this game. And that's what that's what happened in the second half for me, Paul. Um, it was a better battle of um, attrition. Uh, both sides kind of wanting to play um, and... Salford dug in and ended up winning the game, didn't they? Yeah, I thought we defended excellent in that second half. and uh, No, I thought we did. For, we defended well for large parts of the game anyway, over the, those sort of individual mistakes. And you've got to cut them out because we've made a lot of errors like that this season. You know, if we, if we, we've got to give tries away to Wigan this on Friday night. That'd be difficult away from home, you know, to you know, you let them get a roll and they might get on top of us. So we need to need to cut that out really and, and stop letting teams back in. You know, Ian Watson said that in the on the interview at the end, you know, we let them back in the door there and, and yeah, the scoreline flattered him because I mean twenty six nil probably wouldn't reflect in the game better really, because the three tries they scored were all off the back of our our mistakes, so they didn't really have to work for anything and they didn't deserve it, Castleford. They, they didn't at all. We put an awful lot into that game and he did, he did it flattered under the scoreline really we kept him in it and no there's the only disappointing thing for me was the losing Adam Walker to, to a two game ban that was uh, disappointing but uh, but no other than that it was a great result great atmosphere as well you know the, the sort of chanting and those videos that were put on by the club were absolutely excellent and I think we've got to make more of that and, and get that story out there of telling people how good it is coming watching Solver and how great the atmosphere are at our matches because it really was I mean Considering the crowd wasn't absolutely huge, I thought the atmosphere was tremendous against Castle, but all the supporters got behind the lads. And it, was, it was a joy to be there, really, and, and see it. Yeah, Dr. Devil's drum riff was, was, was very, very good. I, I thought that's the kind of thing, like you said, that you know helps build an atmosphere, doesn't it? The crowd went absolutely crazy when he did it, and you know it helps generate that atmosphere and makes everyone have fun at the games. And you know, I think things like that, like you said, the club can manage to capture them moments uh, on film and, and manage to promote it. And, and publish it and, and share it to all the uh, sort of media outlets. Our profile grows outside our bubble, doesn't it, Paul? So, you know, you're hoping that we do some of the things in the future. Yeah, well, that's what you're hoping for. And, and, and like I said, if people are seeing that, it, you know, it just shows how enjoyable it is to, to come and watch the matches and people might say, oh, I want to be part of that or I want my kid to go and be part of that as well because it's, it's a good night out, isn't it? You know, Friday night, it's a good day out on a Sunday, it really is. Some of the games this season, well, most, all of them, they've all been really enjoyable matches, haven't they? Apart from uh, perhaps that, that, that defeat to, to Leeds, which was a bit of a toweling, but the rest of them have been have been great games, been really exciting to watch, great atmospheres, and you know, seeing the likes of Hastings play as well, and the, the way he lifts the, the crowd, and you know, Doctor Devil there as well. I, I know uh, he does a, he does a good job and gets the supporters on side. I know I watched some of those videos and the chanting, it just it just looked great, didn't it, on the on the telly and. Uh, 
you know, on the video camera. So yeah, the more you can get people involved in that and let them come down, let let them see what they what they what they're missing because you know we've had a lot of negativity over the last few years about what happens at the ground. But I think you, you, you've got to be positive about it and tell people, oh, this is great. This is what we do at, at Salford. This is our club, our family. You know, come and join us and, and be part of it. Yeah, I suppose it's just about growing that that profile, Paul. It's not gonna go. It's not gonna grow overnight. It's gonna take time, and you know the club are walking in the right direction for me. Um, they've got good, good lot of people involved now. You know, know what they're doing, uh, and and obviously producing you know moments like that. And you know, hopefully, we'll continue to to grow uh, and grow into a bigger club. You know, in the uh, the years to come. Um, I spoke to Tyrone McCarthy and Nia Levels after the Castleford win, and this is what they have to say. So I'm joined by Tyro McCarthy. Big win that. Yeah, it's uh, obviously great, great to push ourselves into that top five and well, uh, just to back up last week's performance and um, obviously get a couple of wins and a bit of momentum going into the back end of the season. Yeah, obviously two wins on the spin. That must build a bit of belief in this this team and this this sort of team is going places. Yeah, I think. If you look at all the games we have lost this year, they've been by small margins, so we know we're not far off when we're losing. And obviously, we've done back last month where we've lost four on the trout, but um, no, we've got a lot of confidence within the team. It's just, I suppose, like cleaning up them little daft areas where we're letting teams back in the game. Obviously, it's the end of that first half. We should be going in 18, well, 20, maybe 10, and then we'll come in 18, 16. And, just if we start cleaning all that up, then I think we'll uh, give ourselves even better opportunity to win games. How, how is that as a player? Obviously, that try just before half time, bit of a comedy try, ball being thrown about everywhere, and then Casper picked the ball up and scored. Then it was a bit, that point was straight in that yeah. half time break. Yeah, um, obviously, things like that can swing momentum, but I think we were pretty happy with what we had actually done in that half, and I think we kind of spoke about that game plan before the game, just making sure we defend him well, and other than, like I say, them daft errors, and I think. Pretty much by the first try where they got it off a kick that we give them the field position on actually the ball to score the tries. Yeah, and second half, you know, a lot of effort, a lot of pressure put on us by Casper Tigers, but we stood up, didn't we, as a team? Yeah. Man on man, we were the better side that second half. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think Casper are a great team. Obviously, they've been up there over the last three or four years um, competing for, for the finals, and um, they didn't go away. That's what we didn't expect, so I think. Not the same next week with Wigan, obviously. Um, so it just leaves us good, good step going into the back end of the season. Yeah, fifth, fifth in the league now. Wigan next week. How far can this over team go? Yeah, like I say, it's, we're in that playoff spot now. It's, it's up to us to keep pushing our way. And, uh, but we just can't, can't go away from what's got us there. Um, I think the hard work and, and that effort has got us there. And can't start believing the hype. Um, obviously, a lot, of, a lot of people were us off at the start of the season. It's just getting our head down and... So I'm joined by Nia Levels, big win that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we need to back up after last week, so um, it's a good Castlewood side, so yeah, yeah to get cool. another win. Um, yeah, went back to Ellie done this year, so yeah, it's, uh, it's all good, two good home wins. Yeah, crucial try for yourself tonight as well. You know, that extra try making a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, tight games like that, uh, you got to take your, take your opportunity, so a good, good kick from, from Chrissy. He's unpredictable, you never really know what he's going to do, but he comes up with some good players, so yeah, just pushed off like that. But yeah, we did. I thought we just defended well tonight. A few bad errors in that first half that let him back into that game, but that second half just defended his lead. Uh, yeah, managed to get the win. Yeah, obviously in the top five now, two on the spin. How far can this team go? Yeah, you know, we're just taking it one game at a time, really. Uh, it's just about being consistent. Uh, as long as we work hard for each other, which we sort of went away from a few weeks prior to these games, so. 
and just stuck, stuck to his, uh, you know, his hard work and sort of ethos really and uh, yeah, you know, we can go anywhere with that, it's just one game at a time though, that's so, yeah. Yeah, all the hundred tries for Salford now, always finding the line. Super player, well done. Oh, cheers, thank you very much, man. Cheers. Big thanks to Oxford, they've done devil detail. Cheers, So, that was Tyrone McCarthy at Nine Levels talking to me after the game. Paul and both, you know, very happy with the performance uh, and looking forward to challenges ahead. Yeah, I think Tyrone McCarthy, I mean, he's been a bit of a unsung hero the last couple of years for us. And uh, this season, is. He's not always been first choice, but last couple of weeks I think he's been absolutely excellent. You know the work that he's put in, he's tackling, and his overall sort of attitude to, to and will to win. I think you know, considering he's not the biggest bloke in the world, not the biggest forward, he really does punch above his weight. I thought he was uh, he was excellent again on Friday night against Castleford and against a big ferocious pack that Castleford have got. You know, you look at Liam Watts, he's he's absolutely huge, isn't he? Really tall guy, really big guy as well. He probably weighs a lot more than Tyrone McCarthy. And you've got Grant Millington there, Milner, some really big, really big forwards, some really big players. And, uh, you know, we matched them and, like I said before, we totally dominated them in that. The forward pack really did lay a marker down early on and put us on the front foot. And um, that allowed Robert Louis and Jackson Hastings to, to weave their magic on the back of that. Yeah, and they didn't seem phased about being another close game because we've been defeated, haven't we, uh, in a few close games this season. And to come out on the right side of one uh, must be a good thing moving forward. Yeah, well, I think the week before against Wakefield, that, that, that game gave us a lot of confidence because not many teams have, have put 40-odd points past Wakefield this season. And, you know, they're, 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 a, they're a decent side. And that was another game where I thought the scoreline flattened Wakefield a little bit because we was the miles better side. And that obviously we conceded some silly tries again that we need to, to mop up. But uh, they've got attacking threats all over. So that to beat them by 24 points, I think, was a, a real confidence booster. And you could tell... The lads took that into the, the Castleford game, they really did. They started really sharp and nothing seemed to phase them in that game, really. You know, when Cass came back there and they got it back to 18-16, it didn't seem to bother them, they didn't press the panic button. They carried on playing the, the, the game that they needed to play. Jackson Hastings managed it really well in that second half and, you know, kicked well when he needed to. And uh, there was one little turning point, I think I said it to you on, on Friday, that it was that dropout from Kristen Inu. That was a great bit of play there, but he absolutely lumped it down the field. And we got the ball back from that, so it took the pressure off us. And there was a few things like that that we did on the night, and we just seemed to be a lot more smarter in the way that we, we, we played, really. We managed it well and took our opportunities when they came. So I, I think the team's come a long way the last couple of weeks. I think we're sort of maturing now into a side that can that can win these these tight games. Yeah, we've talked about Chris Neenu having that ability to, to, to make something happen, uh, like he did at Saints with the offload to Evels where he went 80 yards. Uh, and like you said, that, that dropout against Casford, uh, you know, last, last match. Like I said, big turning point in the game, big moments from big players. That's what makes you go from, let's say, ninth to fifth in the league. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right, because, you know, you don't do that play with that dropout. Then you're giving Castleford, you know, a set of six in your 25, really, aren't you? From, from the average dropout, you've got to be right back in the attacking field position where you can either score a try or get a repeat set, pile of pressure on. Plus, Salford are doing loads of defending and wearing themselves out. You get that kick into touch, it completely takes the, the pressure off you then, doesn't it? And puts you in an attacking position. So, stuff like that can be like a massive momentum swing in the, in the game. So, so, yeah, little things like that change matches, don't they? Yeah, it's like I say, I think we've learned, you know, how to be a better side, Paul. Obviously, it's a game we usually lose. Um, but this time we didn't. We looked in control throughout, I thought. And, you know, it shows how far 
this team has, has, has come, um, you know, over the years that, you know, we're actually a team that in this position, we actually go on, we have to go on and win a game when before we might panic and we might lose a bit of ball, put pressure on ourselves uh, and, you know, all, all the wheels start falling off. But this team, you know, it's full of good players and they know what they're doing and they're, they're fully focused and when it comes down to it, they, they can win a game. Certainly can, yeah. I think I think under Ian Watson we have improved an awful lot. I mean, it's funny because people can change the tunes. I mean, I've spoken to quite a lot of people. I've seen what people have said. A couple of weeks ago, I noticed that again people were questioning what Owen. It just makes you wonder now. He gets you know a couple of wins on the spin. And his job with Great Britain and everybody's his, his best friend and singing his praises again. And I think sometimes people have been a bit too faced on that. But I've always sort of kept vague with him. And I know you have, and a few of people have, and a lot of people have, and it just goes to show how how far he's brought us, really. And when people have questioned, I always thought, you know, give the give the guy some credit because from what he's had to deal with, sometimes with, with the amount of money he can spend and the the small squad that he's got, he works absolutely wonders with Salford. He really does. Um, you know, the, the tools there that he's got, the, the players he's brought in, and. and, and where people have said, oh, what have you signed such a body for? I won't name names. But you know the guys I'm talking about, people who probably weren't fancied or favoured at other clubs he's brought. I mean, shaped him himself into, you know, to, to miles better players. And, you know, and, and, and he just goes to show bigger sides now, or so-called bigger sides, are, are coming in and, and sniffing around our players all the time, haven't they? You've got Jones and, and Bibby who are going away. You've got Robert Louis who's gone this week. The Jackson Hastings speculation won't go away. So people... Must think a lot of us, mustn't they? Must think a lot of the players we've got, and you know, and Ian Watson to to get that job working with Wayne Bennett. That just shows you what Wayne Bennett thinks of him and the credentials that, that Ian Watson's brings. So, so yeah, I think we've made an awful lot of progress on, on the pitch the last couple of years, Rob. And I think it's a lot of it's down to Ian Watson and his staff. Yeah, because because we're turning to an opportunity club, Paul. We go to players and say, "Come and play for us, and we can take you to the next level." And that's that's a good thing. This club before has relied on journeymen Aussies or below average kind of players who here just wanted to take a wage but this club this team and these players are young they're hungry they want to succeed and they want to use Salford as, as a as a mode of transport to the very top and I'm you know I'm very surprised if we don't make it because we've got some good players we've got some very good players in this squad and probably the best set of players that we've had for a long long time um, so if we continue to play like we have been doing Paul I, I can see Fifth place, easy. Uh, I wouldn't say it was going to be easy. I think there's some there's some tough games coming up now, and it's it's, it's super league. It's all about rugby league in, in general. It's all about being consistent, isn't it? and you've got some difficult fixtures now coming up. The, the Wigan game is going to be very tough on on Friday night, which we'll speak about after. Then some of the other away games we've got to play. We've got to go to Warrington again. We've got to go to Hull again. We've got to go to London, which is going to be a really tough game. We've got to, go to Leeds as well, where you know. We never seem to get much of a result, and it is. It's going to be difficult. It's going. To, every game is going to be like a a cup final now, isn't it? and every single point we can pick up. We're on eighteen points now, so we've got ten games left. Is it? If we can sort of win five of them, there's another ten points. Like twenty-eight points. That'd be a really good total. But I think we can win more than that. I think probably win all ten of them in in a way. But say we won seven of them, that'd be a great return. That. But I think now for what I don't think it'll be targeting how many games we can win I think it's just take each one as it comes 
because you've got to manage the squad as well. Don't forget, we've picked up a few injuries this week. Now you've got no Griffin this weekend. Lee Mossop's out for a couple of weeks as well. So we're a bit light in the pack with Walker suspended. So it's going to be a really difficult game on Friday. It's how we, we manage that side now. And obviously we have a new player coming in as well. It's, it's exciting times, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, you, you say the games are tough, Paul, but on paper they're tough. In reality, you know, we're going to aren't the team, you know, they used to be. We've already we've already beat Warrington away this year. We lost Narra to Hull. Uh, we beat London away. Leeds is Leeds. They're playing terrible, but that doesn't mean anything, does it? But, you know, the, the game's there that are winnable. And these, these boys, you know, playing with confidence, playing with heart, playing with commitment to the cause. You know, we, we could win these games. We really could. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, obviously we'll, we'll talk about winning and review, but you look at them now at the moment, they've got some world-class players, haven't they? And, and we've got to we've got to go there and not sort of concentrate on them. I think we've just got to concentrate on ourselves and what we do well, because we've shown this season in, in matches that can, we can tear teams to shreds. Teams as well, you know, Catalans and, and Warrington and St. Helens to a certain extent. We we came back in that game and scored 30 unanswered points. Not many sides will do that to St. Helens this season you know, a couple of referees' decisions went against us, or 50-50s, which could have gone either way, and that game could have gone either way, so, you know, we've proved it, and away from home, those three fixtures I'm talking about, Saints, Warrington and Catalan, were all away from home as well, weren't they, so, I think, yeah, we've, we've proved we can we can do the business, and, you know, it's going to be a bit about luck as well, you know, we've got to hope the luck rides our way in a few of these games, but I'm confident we've got the we've got the squad, and we've got the ability in that squad to uh, to pick up you know, a lot more wins going forward this season. Yeah, looking at the stats, Paul, top tacklers, Goodson with 31, uh, Josh Jones 26, Joey Lucic with 35, Greg Burke with 36, Tyrone McCarthy with 45, Lannan with 37. You know, Paul McCarthy would put the massive fist in there. Tyrone McCarthy, like you said, uh, you know, an unsung hero in the Salford shirt, 45 tackles, what an effort. Yeah, what a great effort, absolutely great effort. And he has, he's took his chance last few weeks. As I said before, he's, He's, I don't think he was sort of, I'm not saying out of favour with Watto, but he was he was struggling to get in the side, wasn't he? You know, due to the, the other players who were in. I mean, he's, he's took his chance, hasn't he? He's waited patiently and took his chance. And last few weeks, I think he's sort of st- really staked a claim now to be, you know, first one of the first names on the team sheet with his work ethic. And as I say, he's not not the biggest sort of guy in the world, not the biggest forward by a long way, but he does. He punches above his weight and he works hard. And, you need players like that in your team. I was watching that that young lad at London on the Super League show, Luke Yates, his name is, and I know we've been rumoured to be looking at signing him for next season. He is a similar sort of player, you know, really does work hard. And you need those guys in your team, don't you? Need you need people who are tackling machines, who are going to do the hard graft and, and do the work. And you know, you'll get good minutes out of Tyrone McCarthy as well. And you know, forty-five tackles in a game, it's that's decent. That's, that's really decent. That's that's a good. Good work ethic, that, and uh, you know, he ran the ball really well, and, and he did a lot of the hard stuff. And you know, I was chuffed with him. I thought he was right up there for man of the match. Yeah, he's right up there uh, with the top meter makers as well. Uh, Paul Lee Mossop with 83, Gil Dunton with 92, Josh Jones with 161, Tyrone McCarthy with 95, Ra- Ryan Lanham with 105, uh, and Hastings with 100. We spoke to, to Mike Clegg, didn't we? Uh, yeah. Before the game. Just going to say that, yeah. La- la- last week, and he explained to us that the Australian. Uh, meters are kind of calculated from when they catch the ball rather than when they go over the gain line. Was that right? That's right. Yeah, it's slightly different to the way we work. I mean, I, I know I was lauding up Australians the other week. So I said, <laughs> oh yeah, they all get over two hundred meters. But having said that, I still think 
I think Australia's really run hard and they've got some good forwards over there, so let's not take that away from them. But perhaps those figures are a bit sort of, um, what's the word, fudged, if you like, you know, uh, for inflated. want of a better word. Inflated. Yeah, inflated, that's a better word, Rob, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Mike knows his stuff, doesn't he? He does all, all the stats and he's clued up and, you know, he came over and had that chat with us last week and it was interesting that, that, he, that he mentioned that and uh, I'm glad he told us that because... Uh, or something to bear in mind, but you know, very interesting stats. So perhaps we were doing a bit of a dis, well, perhaps I was doing a bit of a disservice to the, the lads that play over here. It just means if we ever get a chance to look at our new Aussies coming in and their stats are just half what they do, yeah, we have a real okay. idea of what they actually do rather than they sound like Superman making 300 meters a game. That's, yeah. that's basically what, what you've got to do, really, in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the process. Um, yeah, fantastic performances. Also, a lot of people in and around 100 metres, which, which is what we want. Obviously, a lot of people going forward. If your team as a whole is approaching that 100 metre mark each, you're only going to go one way in that forward. That's right, yeah. That's how you, that's how you win games. You're not going to win a match without... Excuse me, I've got a cold. You're not going to win games without your, um, your forwards getting on the front foot and laying that platform because it's all right waiting for the likes of so Robert Louis and... and, 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 and Robert Louis and Jackson Athens and, and Evolds and the flair players and the, the, the guys who, who create stuff, the pivots, you can't expect them to work on it behind a beaten pack. And I think just going forward looking at the way Leeds have played this season, with Myler and Holler here and the other guy they've, they've had at half back, I uh, can't remember his name now. And, uh, you know, those guys there, they've been playing behind a beaten pack nearly all season. And obviously, I don't, I don't want to steal out your thunder here when we talk about the, the new lad who's coming, but that's where. Well, we've done well. You, know, you get your forwards playing well, they lay that platform and charging the ball and making the yards. Then you can play off the back of that, can't you? So, uh, so no, I think the, the pack have been excellent, particularly the last two matches where we've dominated Wakefield and Cass. We've both got probably one, two of the best packs in the league. Yeah, Ryan Lannan returned as well. You know, I thought he was fantastic throughout, both in attack and defence. Like I said last week, if he has a point to prove, he plays out of his skin. Yeah, he certainly did, Rob. Watson said that at the end of the, the game, he was, he was delighted to have him back and I think, I'm not sure whether he said it on the interview, but I didn't mention it to him about would he be interested in, in Ryan for next season, you know, perhaps returning if he becomes available because I know he's, he's perhaps contacted to all Kingston Rovers, but I know what I was a big fan of him and I don't think he wanted to lose him last season, so that could be a possibility um, and I wouldn't have a problem with that because I think he's a, he's a good young lad, he's uh, he's still got a lot to learn in the game, he's got an awful lot of potential Um Perhaps he's he's not reached his potential as quick as what we would have thought he would have done. But sometimes players don't; they, they take a bit longer to mature. And he has it. He worked his work ethic on uh, on Friday night against Castleford was top notch. I thought he worked his socks off. And he's another guy who's probably not the biggest guy in the world. He's not, you know, he's probably not the heaviest sort of forward going. But you know what? What he's not got in uh, in weight, he ma- he makes up for in, uh, in in hard work. He really did work his socks off. Yeah, let's see what Ian Watson has to say to you after the Castford win uh, right now on this week's podcast. Coach's Corner. Right, Ian Watson joins a bit. Do you reckon that is our best performance of the season tonight? Yeah, it was a, bit, a big win, a big performance from us. I thought defensively it was an outstanding performance, one, one for, to be proud of for the team, to be fair. Casper got a big pack. Yeah. I mean, I noticed in that first half, we sort of bossed them, bossed yeah, them around. Thought, you must be proud of your forwards. Yeah, I thought there. we dominated them. We spoke about defence this week. Look, we, we're really precise in what we wanted to be good at this week in D, especially on backing up our performance from last week. Um, 
we had a little look at certain things in attack. Gleese identified a couple of things there um, that we thought we could pick them, which we got one of them um, off when um, Jacko scored. Um, but we'd set our whole week up around our D this week. Do you still become frustrating the errors? I mean, there's yeah. a couple of knock-ons there in the game. And I thought we gifted Castle with the points. Yeah. You didn't have to work for them. Let's them in. Let's them in. Uh, them little bits of errors. Um, they let us back in. They let Castlewood back in the game. Should I say? Um, stupid little try from dummy half really a little scruffy kick um, and then the try just before half time as well um, I think all three of their tries come from errors to be fair which is obviously something that we need to tidy up um, little bits on our kick chase we need to be better at and a bit more disciplined but overall mate I think really proud of the kind of performance they've put in just going back to that I won't go harp on about that try before half time but as a coach is it just <laughs> just kill the ball yeah. there? Because I was going mad yeah. in the stands saying, what yeah. are we doing? Because I think Cass give it us, we yeah, give it them. It, it's easy in kind of hindsight and stood on the touchline yeah. when you're not under fatigue, but I think we were playing well, the boys sensed they were playing well, and I think they've just got a bit excited and probably thought, yeah, let's go for the throat. If we get a try here before half time, we'll kill them off. It's definitely one of them for that question of sport, what happens yeah, next, yeah. I think. Yeah. It? yeah, it is, yeah, definitely. But we'd have just liked probably Chris Wellham just to have took his tackle straight away. And then you're going at half time a lot further up than what you did going in with a two point lead but going into that second half were you confident I mean to nil Castle would have side of their yeah. ability in that second half yeah, it must have been some feet that because you had a lot of defending to do at yeah. times didn't we, you? we've worked really hard on our D all kind of year to be fair and we're the fourth best I don't know we're pretty close with Castleford as well so I think we're probably the fourth, fourth best defence in the league I think our attack's the third best attack in the league as well so it shows we've, we've been building and doing things the right way although we've not picked up some of the wins when they've been close games but defensively in attack we've been very very good this season as well so I'm always confident if we apply ourselves the right way we'll, we'll put teams to the sword defensively and in attack Gil Dudson picked up the man of the match award tonight yeah. How much have you seen him improve this season? He's I mean. been brilliant, mate. Been brilliant. I, I know there was a lot of knockers at the beginning of the year, and but that's he certainly proved yeah, that wrong. That's yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's that's credit to to Gill on kind of the condition he got himself in in the pre-season, the way he works with our conditioners, the way he works with all our coaches. Um, the backroom staff are all here to try and make the players become better, and that's what we build everything around to see if we can help them. It's not being told exactly what to do all the time. You've got to work with players and. That's how you get them to buy in and get the best out of them because ultimately at the end of the day they've got to go out on the field and they've got to want to do it. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. So they've got to get a buy in and we feel the best way to do that is to see how much we can help them to be better. Ryan Lennon slotted back in today. Outstanding uh, one. Did you, did you end? Yeah. I mean, could, could he come into, into his next season? Could that be a sign if, if he's not surplus at Old Kingston Road? Oh, would he be a player you'd look at? Yeah. Look, we like Lennon. That's why we brought him back. We knew what Lennon was all about as a player. I had no no hesitation in throwing Lennon straight in. Spoke to him on the phone on Sunday, I think it was, and I said, you'll play, you'll start. I said, George Griffin's gone down, you'll play right back row. Um, and he was made up because he just wants to get back and get playing. And he just said, as soon as I found out, that I was looking like I was going out alone. He told his agent, get me back to Salford, because that's where he's kind of grew up and he's a Salford player. So he's somebody that we'll definitely look at. Obviously his finance comes into that um, as well. Obviously we don't know the full fillings and outs of his deal for year two and three at KR. But he's a kid who we wanted to keep, we didn't want to leave him, let him go, but he went. Um, but I think he's 
he's come back and he's, he's took his opportunity here. We spoke a few times this season we had a chat for the game about you missing out on that top five and we had the opportunity to get in there tonight you've done it you've got into that yeah. top five what have you just said to the lads in there because a lot of teams have knocked at the start of the season but you're yeah. up there now Is it we you want to stay there now don't yeah, you? Yeah we spoke before the game just saying how we've worked all pre-season to get a sniff and an opportunity of being a, to show him we're a good team everyone had wrote us off at the beginning of the season anyway we've now took the opportunity to put ourselves in fifth it's now important that we go on and we learn our lessons from Wigan um, and keep building we've got Wigan Huddersfield and going forward what we need to be doing is keep picking up wins these, these were a big three weeks for us these weeks and we've won the first two we've got a big game now against Wigan up again just going to Wigan next week you think there's a bit of unfinished business there I mean they've, they've come here twice this season and won matches against us yeah. when I know you were disappointed in both those games yeah. weren't you so you, you'll be fired yeah, up just, next week to win yeah, that yeah we, we just didn't see them out um, but the lads have been very very been, to be fair more than more than good at learning our lessons we, when, when we've reviewed games and we've previewed them again this week on the back of what we did against them last time the boys have learnt the lessons they knew what, they, they know what they failed on last time and, and we've worked on them areas this week to make sure that we've come up with a result and the boys have the boys have done that and it's a credit to them is it a belief thing going there next week because you should be bouncing now full of confidence yeah. I'm sure the lads are going to be out the next yeah. week going there yeah I'm sure I'm, I don't know the score between Wigan and Huddersfield but they I won. expected Wigan to win yeah. Wigan um, so Wigan are on a little bit of a winning run as well now they've got a few of their internationals back should we say as well so it's, it's going to be a big game because Cass had a real good team out there tonight I know they've um, had a few injuries but um, they've watched quality they've got a quality team just looking at the, the league as on a whole, do you think this is one of the strangest seasons of Super League? Because you know you can string a few wins together in the top five, you lose a few, you're in the relegation, yeah, but it's so tight now, yeah, isn't I it? I think competitive, competitiveness um, is the big word in the competition at the moment. Is the competition I think is outstanding. People should be saying how good it is that it's so tight at the moment. This is what you want. You want teams to be able to compete and beat bottom teams to be able to beat the top teams. You, you want that in a competition. That's when it becomes interesting. That's when it becomes attractive to supporters, to sponsors, because um, you don't know what you're going to get when you go to the game. Just one final thing to, to mention tonight. Martin Gleeson, your assistant, yeah. is leaving at the yeah. end of the month. How disappointing is that for you? Mate? I know he's got a big chance. You, yeah, you two are, yeah. you sing off the same hymn sheet. You've got a really yeah. good relationship as well, haven't you? You'll miss him, won't you? Yeah, oh, mate, massive, massive left, to be fair. I've said to the club we're going to have to be really smart with what we recruit. Me and Gleese have worked together for four or five years now, near, uh, yeah, near, yeah, five years. And it's been great work working with him as well. I love sitting down and talking rugby with him. He's, he's, re he's really smart. He was in he's your mate as well. Yeah, he's yeah, a good friend. No, he is, yeah. I, I'm going to miss him being around the place, to be fair. Um, obviously, still with us now for a couple more weeks. Um, have you got anybody like in mind to bring in? Yeah, or? we've had a little look. We've, we've put obviously the post out there, so we'll see what comes back in. But like I say, Gleese is going to be a big loss to us here. The, de the amount of detail he goes into, he's a smart bloke and he's got a great opportunity where he's going, mate, and you can't stop him standing in somebody's way from that. It's not like he's going to another rugby league club. He's, he's going to rugby union. He's going into a little bit of the unknown, but he's been absolutely outstanding for us. And I'm sure, knowing Gleese, he was, he was performing when he was on the field as a player as well for the club. Are they going to be able to understand Gleese's Wigan accent in, in Rugby Union? Because they, yeah, they talk a bit different in yeah, Rugby Union. That's a new we? thing for them, a little bit posh up there. They had they? a bit, so, yeah. Yeah, we'll see how he fits in, but I'm sure he'll go well and I'm sure Longy will go well as well. I think Rugby Union at the moment, they, they've took a lot of defensive coaches from Rugby League and now it looks like they're trying to get um, more of the Rugby League coaches to focus on their attack for them as well because they've got their Rugby League defences what they can't break down, so now they need Rugby League coaches to 
show them how to break it down. I think if they just knock two players off and uh, have uh, six tackles and call it rugby league, you might be the best bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it, mate. To be fair, they're, they're trying to take all the rugby league, aren't they? So they yeah. certainly are. Thanks very much for speaking to us, Ian. I shall see you at Wigan next week, mate. So that was Ian Watson, Paul, talking to yourself uh, after the Catford win, uh, and he had lots of great points he made. He was very happy with the, the, the defensive effort from the boys and very proud of what the boys have achieved. Yeah, certainly he was. He, he was good. He, he's always good to speak to him after after a victory. And uh, I know he was really proud of him getting up to fifth in the table because there's been a few times this season where I've spoke to him after the match where we could have gone fifth. And obviously we, we've not got the result and it slipped away from us. So it was nice to, to speak to him after we've got into that fifth place. He still knows there's an awful lot of work to be done to, to stay fifth in the table. He's he's not daft what are we. He knows his stuff. He's, uh, he's an expert really, isn't he? And, uh, no, it was, it was nice to speak to him about Martin Gleeson as well and just bounce off him, you know, what, what he thought about that situation. I know he's really sort of disappointed. Not, disappointed is the wrong word. He, he's, he, he's in a way, I think he's pleased for, for Martin, the opportunity he's getting, but I think he's going to miss him because he, he's got a really good working relationship with him and a really good friendship with him as well. And I think he's going to be a loss to Salford. And hopefully we can we can get Martin Gleeson on the podcast before he leaves and have, have a good chat with him. But no, all in all, he was, he was very pleased with the victory and the, and why not? Because we thoroughly deserved it. Yeah, I suppose it's about learning lessons, Paul. Uh, you know, previous defeats, and you know, like you said, with with Martin Gleeson leaving, I think it's an important uh, sort of decision he has to make now uh, to bring in the right person into this, you know, new assistant uh, coach role. Because obviously, with his role at you know with Great Britain in the autumn, you know, that assistant coach is going to play a big part in our pre-season while Ian Watson's away. So. I think it's kind of important that Ian picks the right man. I'm sure he will, because obviously he knows a lot of people in rugby league. He knows how everyone works, and he's going to pick the the best, uh, you know, person to suit his style, isn't he? Yeah, um, I was thinking about who he was going to going to choose, and I'm not going to say anything on a podcast because it'd be unfair of me to say it. But there was a guy at the match on. <laughs> I'll tell you after. There was a guy <laughs> on Friday, and I've got I've got a feeling he could. He could perhaps be one of the runners for it. I won't say it on here because it'd be unfair of me to say it, but um, but yeah, I think there'll be a few people in the running for it. And uh, I know Ian said that you know the the, the adverts out there now people people will be applying for that Rob, because it's it's a good job. You know, there's not many jobs going in Super League, is there? And uh, I'm sure there won't be um, there won't be a lack of people going for that. I think it'll be be some good candidates going for that, and it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see who gets that job. Um, we're going to miss Martin Gleeson though because he's he's another guy that's very very knowledgeable, isn't he, about the game? Very quiet man. You know, we spoke to him. We see he's um, got a cracking sense of humour though, Gleeson. I think he's a really top guy. And uh, no, we are going to miss him. But I'm sure sure what I will pick the right person. And I don't know who else will be on that. I'm sure, sure, Blue Easy will be on it. Greg Brown as well, the conditioner. And I think we should give out Greg a massive shout out as well. I, I know sometimes he's a bit of an unsung hero. You know, he doesn't get mentioned as much as he should do. But the way he's got the lads this season, the fitness of him, I think is absolutely tremendous. And that fitness has shown through the last couple of games for me. The forwards are still running the ball in his heart at the end of the game as he had to start, particularly Gil Dudson. I think we mentioned him last week. The, the shape and the, the athleticism from Gil, tremendous. And I think a lot of that's down to, to Greg Brown, you know, getting the, the lads in such a great shape. Yeah, like I said, just two things. One, this mystery, this mystery person that you yeah. clashed, you make it sound like he clashed, clashed eyes across the room and then he, he just sort of turned on his tail and ran off because you realise you were on to him. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's what you made it sound like then. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Greg Brown, you know, our fitness and conditioning uh, coach, you know, fantastic job he's doing, like you said, Paul. And previously, our problem is we always run out of gas. But this team and this squad, it's not it's not the case with this squad. They can go and go with, with 
we've kind of had to fight back in games and it's, your, it's probably down to him and his efforts in the pre-season because uh, that's when you, you build your fitness in it in pre-season. That's when you, you, know, you push yourself to get that extra 10% out of your body. So in games that are close, you're able to, to make the difference. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You, you probably only got last of the two witness lads when they came in last season. Well, the three, Chamberlain, Burke, and, and then obviously Dudson this season. Probably got to speak to them. And I know Greg Burke told told me that I spoke to him a while ago about you know the the weight that he lost, and he was never like a big overweight guy, but he, he was telling me he's lost so many kilos, and, and I felt physically fitter and physically better. And you can see that now in the, the performances of the guys, very sharp, very mobile sort of pack, and. I think that's the way to go these days, though. Especially we we had this debate didn't we, at the start of the season about the the reduction in substitutions um, and the way players would have to play longer and um, you'd have to adapt it. And I don't know what I had that chat with us as well. And I think they've I think they've nailed it. I think they've done really well. And I think the the, the tactics of us as well sometimes has been really good this season. We've we've played the games right. You know, I guess the, the different sort of teams you play different sort of tactics. And I know what Gleeson and Greg Brown. Whole coaching staff, have, they work really well together, don't they? And uh, I'm just hoping when this new guy comes in, whoever he is, he, he settles in. I'm sure he will do, and uh, it'll be exciting to see what it is. Really yeah, well. it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see who Wattle brings in. Uh, big thanks for your three-word match reports, man of the matches. Uh, Tony Frame, some scary moments. Uh, his man of the match was Joey Lusick. Martin Hastings, Lusick, superb. Uh, his man of the match was Dudson. Paul King, Gil Dudson, Chase. Uh, his man of the match was Dudson. Richard Martin stopped stupid errors. His man of the match was uh, Inu. Uh, Chairman Bob from Cam from Caddy Z. Um, halftime team talk. Um, and his man of the match was Ian Watson. Like I said, big big halftime team talk from Ian Watson uh, there. And you know it seemed like he did the job. Uh, OSF solid second half performance. Uh, their man of the match was Dudson. Colin Wilson defense wins games. Uh, and his man of the match was Dudson as well. I think Colin has a point there. Uh, big. Big wins come off big defence. They certainly do, yeah. You're not going to win any match if you, if you don't defend there. If you can keep a side out and keep them below... I think if you keep a side below 18 points, you've got a great chance of winning the game, haven't you? I think if you can sort of keep that sort of 18, 20 points, you, you've got you've got the chance, especially the way we can move the ball and score points. So, yeah, for us, defence is, is that platform. I think sometimes if you sort of say Ellens and Warrington, you can afford to sort of take a bit of a more relaxed approach can't you because you can throw the ball about and score tons of tries can't you whereas you know, we can still score points but I think for us defence is the key isn't it to, to get us in that winning opportunity because we've tried it a few times well not, I won't say tried it but there's been a few times this season where we've let a team get in front of us with poor defence and we've tried to chase the game and come up short and with a magic weekend being a prime example of that so you know if you can pride yourself on good defence <coughs> excuse me lay that platform down you've got a good chance of winning the match yeah uh, Colin Reynolds, three mistakes. Uh, his man of the match was Jackson Hastings. Natalie Taylor, second half grit. Um, her man of the match was Rob Lewis. Chris and Janet Shenton, love Friday winning. Uh, their man of the match was Jackson Hastings. Mike Barnett, um, very happy with the performance. Uh, Rachel Zoe, job well done. Her man of the match was uh, Gil Dudson. Paul Fostos, defence, defence, defence. His man of the match was Jackson Hastings. Mike Woodbridge, uh, South Stand Rocking. Uh, his man of the match was Gil Dudson as well. Um, Roy Ellaby, another comedy try. His man of the match was Gil Dudson. Uh, Lee, uh, well fought result. His man of the match was uh, Jackson Hastings. But I think Lee's right there. I think it's a game that had to show grit and determination. Uh, and we did, I thought. I thought the boys dug in and, and, start, and that's good signs for things to come. 
Yeah, certainly wasn't. I tell you what, I think uh, I think Gil Dudson's won that man of the match this week. Yeah. He's like a landslide. That and a few for Jackson Ace. Jackson Ace, as we've said, <coughs> excuse me again. He was he was very good in the in the match. I thought he did really well. He managed the game really well. He created a couple of tries where he had his hand in stuff, and he weren't really hard on his defence as well. And it was all action, wasn't it? And his desire and his hunger and his his willingness to chase lost causes. I mean, he's, that's why supporters love him. I think that's why supporters love his. I think they love his attitude, don't they? His attitude towards the club and everything he brings as well. But for me, I thought Gil Dudson was excellent. He really was. I thought in the week before against Wakefield, he let himself down a bit. Give a couple of penalties away, and you know, there was a bit of back chatting there from him, and his, his discipline went. But I thought he made up for it 100% against Castlewood. I thought he, him and Jackson Ace were the standout players for me, but I'll probably just go on the, the side of Gil Dudson because, uh, you know, Jackson Ace is probably going to every week. So uh, I'd, I'd go with Gil Dudson this week. I thought he was really good. Yeah, Adam Arbray, 80 minute shift. His man, man of the match was Ryan Lannan. Uh, BV owners, hot and cold. Uh, their man of the match was Hastings. Stephen Jones, great team performance. Uh, his man of the match was Ryan Lannan. David Deakin, second half defence. Uh, and his man of the match was Roll Louis. And finally, uh, Greg Howard, bring on Wigan. Um, yeah, that's a good way to finish, I think, the three-wood match report. We're on fire. Let's bring on Wigan. Yeah, I think, well, they are as well. I think they've won four on the bounce, haven't they? Now three or four on the bounce. So they're turning the corner as well. So... We both level on 18 points, aren't we? We're above winning our points, stuff. And so this this win, this is another pivotal game. We've played sort of the last two games have been really sort of, I called it like a crossroads in our season against Wakefield. It was very similar against Cass, and I think this game again against, against Wiggins another. Um, it just shows you how, like I said before, how far we've come. We're playing these matches now, and you know it's not all thinking about the bottom of the table. You're thinking about how far we can go in the playoffs, and you know we could go up to fourth. I think if we if we beat Wigan on. Uh, on Friday because we've got a better points difference than Catalan Dragons. They don't play till till Sunday and they play Leeds. So how good would that be? Sort of ten o'clock Friday night. We could be fourth in the table. So we're uh, you know, very exciting. Very exciting. It's very exciting time to be a Salford fan, and I'm sure there's loads more sort of fun and uh, excitement to come, Paul. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there will be. Right? I'm sure there's never never a dull moment. Is there? You know, you're only a couple of couple of defeats away from a crisis, and you're only a couple of wins away from. Uh, some really, uh, really good time. So we'll, we'll, I'm just going to enjoy this while we're on this little, little run. <laughs> that's what it's all about, enjoying the moment, Paul. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, our little review of the Casford game. Uh, and next up, we're going to look at all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. So let's start with the, the big news of players coming in. Tui Lower here. Uh, signed for us from Leeds uh, Rhinos, Paul. Two-year deal for the 24-year-old. Um, what do you think? Is he going to be the uh, the next big thing for us? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, just going back to his his year this year, I thought he was very impressive in the um, in the, in, the, in the internationals last year. He played against England in the the World Cup, didn't he? He scored a try in that game as well. And when I've seen his highlights and, and stuff from him in the NRL, I've been very impressed with him. And sometimes when I've seen him this season for Leeds, I think he's he's played well. He's played quite a few games at fullback for Leeds, and I, I don't I don't know whether that's his favourite position because I presume we're going to play him at standoff. So he's 24 years of age, so he's, he's still only young. He's a good goal kicker by all accounts as well. He's got a decent kicking record, and yeah, I think Leeds Rhinos perhaps. There's been a lot of expectation on his shoulders. You know, you got a Leeds that are, that are a big sort of 
well-known club, aren't they? A well-supported club. They've had all that work done there on this the big stadium. They're getting decent crowds. They've over the last sort of decade or so, they've they've covered themselves in success, haven't they? It pains me to say this, Rob, talking about leagues like this, but they've they've won trophies, haven't they? And um, it's sort of you know, for better word, they've, they've set the benchmark really, haven't they, in the league and. It really is paining me just to talk about Lee's like this. It's awful, this God. In a cold sweat, going to break out in a cold sweat. I know, yeah. I know. I've got me head out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but you know where I'm coming from, don't you? And I think sometimes for a, for a youngish guy there who's come over from um, from the NRL, he's got a lot on his on his plate there, you know, and a lot of big shoes to fill. You know, they've had quite a few players at Leeds over the last couple of years who've, who've retired and, and moved on, and I think you know, the expectations on him then to perform so. I don't know how he, how he settled at Leeds. I don't know whether he's fitting into their structures as it, as it worked with his half-back partner, Richie Myler, who's been playing with. I don't know what's gone on there. So, in moving to Salford, it could be the making of him. He could work with Wattle better. Wattle might be able to get the best things out of him. Wattle might be a better man-manager. He might be able to put his arm around him and, and teach him different things and he might feel happier. And, and that's that can be um, a big thing sometimes, Rob, can't it? It doesn't matter your talent. If you're not happy off the pitch, it's going to be reflected in your performances. So you might settle into the Salford system a lot quicker. He's not going to have as much... It's funny this to say. I'm not going to say you get an easier ride at Salford, but probably not as big a goldfish bowl as what it is at Leeds, is it? Um, they're probably a lot more sort of high-profile club than we are in the, in the media and things like that. And You know, you've... If you go to like a Leeds press conference in the week or something, I think they have one once a week. There's probably a lot of press there, isn't there? Because naturally they've, they've won trophies, haven't they? Things like that. So at Salford, he might just he might just be a better fit for us. And you know, I reserve judgment on him until I see him play. I mean, you don't know, dear. We've had players before last couple of seasons who, who've come over and, and not settled. Um, Jack Little John was probably one of those, wasn't he? Nothing against him, but he didn't settle. We had, we've had other players, haven't we, who've come over that. Fort Liam Foran, who came, he didn't settle at all. He didn't, didn't do a very good job. So we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm quietly confident that he'll do okay. I trust Watto on this one. Yeah, looking obviously looking some facts and stats about him. 101 games in his career, 29 tries. He was brought up in a tough area called Avondale. Uh, he was named uh, Junior Warrior. Uh, in 2016 uh, like you said he scored for Tonga in the World Cup against New Zealand and also back in his hometown he has a under 13 uh, rugby trophy named after him uh, which is very good I think if obviously if you get a trophy named after you must be doing something right yeah yeah well he, he called over here with a, with a big reputation didn't he really and, and an awful lot of potential and he's just not seen that out yet has he and uh, you know, I've heard people at Leeds give him a lot of stick this season. I've read stuff in the press about him, you know, at the start of the season when he first came over and people saying this and he's overweight and he's this, that and the other and he's not the part and all that. And, you know, sometimes you need that fresh start, don't you? It's the same in any sport, isn't it? In football teams, you'll get players at certain clubs who can't do it, but then they'll go somewhere else and they'll, they'll be an absolute world beater. A prime example here for you, Luke Dawn came to Salford he didn't settle. Maybe it was the position he was playing in. Castleford, he was an absolute diamond, wasn't he? And, and London Broncos, Harlequin, he was great. So, if you go back to perhaps David Young, David Young was at, was at Leeds, looked an absolute pudding, came to Salford, he settled at Salford and, and became a really, really good player, didn't he? A really strong leader, captain the side, you know, 
magnificent that game against Wigan. So sometimes it just depends, doesn't it? You know, players settling at different places, don't they? And, uh, I know. I've just got a sneaky feeling he's going to do all right for this lad. He looks the part. He's got all the potential. He's got all the tools there. I think. And there's one sort of special ingredient here. I'm going to say now to you, Jackson Hastings. Mm. Jackson Hastings and him could could really gel together. You know, Jackson Hastings a lot of work. He moves the team around the pitch. I don't think Tuilo here is the type of player who moves the team around the pitch, but he could be that guy like Robert Louis, who's off the cuff. And, and, and can work off Hastings as well. So it's all about how those two gel together. If those two gel together, I think we've cracked it. Yeah, he's got pace to burn as well, which is important uh, as a file for Hastings. And, you know, like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see, uh, you know, what happens. I don't like to judge players straight away. I like to give them sort of five or six games before I make an opinion. But, you know, if he's an international at Tonga, you know, he's gone through the Australian system. You know, there's no reason why, you know, he isn't going to be something special for me. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure he's given, we've given him a two-year deal. Uh, so, you know, he's got time to, like you said, settle in and uh, start performing. And I'm sure with him and Hastings, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be dynamite. Yeah, I hope so, Rob. Like I said, I always like to give players a chance, you know, no matter where they've come from or what reputation they've got. So, no, I'll be right behind them, and as will all the Salford supporters anyway. You know, Salford's the kind of club where, you know, people will get behind you 110%, and they will do. The fans will get behind them, and uh, I'm sure they'll take to him straight away. And just wishing you all the best. If He's in the he's in the 19-man squad, so I presume he'll be playing on, on Friday night at, at, at Wigan. I wish you all the best, and, and good luck in your Salford career. We'll be right behind you. Plus, it fits into our opportunity psyche, the way what we're building at Salford, that come to Salford will give you the opportunity to take to go to the next level um, and hopefully he'll take that opportunity um, he's, another, he's another name for you to deal with as well. I, know, I know you like your uh, you yeah. like your names don't you yeah another fantastic name just can't we sign someone <laughs> called Smith or something like that <laughs> you get that wrong you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, next bit of news sad news this one uh, Rob Lewis though obviously the arrival of Tui Moa here and Rob Louis has to depart to Leeds. Um, 108 games in total, 35 tries, 99 league, league, league appearances, 33 tries. You know, fantastic player for us in his three years at the club. Carried the team uh, for a good period of that by himself uh, and showed moments of absolute magic uh, along the way. Sadly missed for me. Nice bloke as well. Um, but yeah, good luck at Leeds, Rob. Uh, hopefully, you know, you won't keep him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I wish him all the best at, at, at Leeds because uh, you know we all sort of thought he was going to all card, and that was that was a rumor at the at the end of the season with the Tim Sheens factor, and this is what I've read in the papers and whatever. And I was one of them that always likes to to wait and see what happens. And I don't know; I've not spoke to Robert Lewis since all this has happened, so you don't know whether. But I don't think any of us know what the, what's the story happened here. It's, oh, well, it seems to me that Leeds are desperate for an half-back, aren't they? And I don't know what they've, whether they've offered us money or they offered us this deal. I don't know whether Rob wanted to go or he didn't want to go. We don't know what what Walt's taking it until we, until we speak to him. So it's all happened really quick, hasn't it? The one thing that disappoints me slightly is, you know, Rob's not had a chance to say goodbye, really. Only to the supporters, he's sort of just, just gone. If he'd have stayed to the end of the season, he'd sort of send off and... You know, thanks to the fans and all that. So, uh, so that's a shame for him because he has. He's been a really good guy, and I think you know of all the players, he he's one for me that's always got a smile on his face, no matter whether you lose or or, or, or win the game. He's always willing to speak to us after the game, isn't he? Some players will sort of keep their head and carry on walking, but Robert Louis has always been very welcoming 
and it's had all the time in the world for for a chat and I know he's always spoke to you as well about other things than, than rugby league as well hasn't he you know he, he always asked about your and you've asked about his and you've bit of a bit of a little fun there haven't you Rob so I think he's a really special guy and I think um, I think he'll do well at Leeds I'm not so sure he's the answer to Leeds I mean perhaps I'm not the right guy to ask about that but I think Leeds really are looking for somebody that's going to get them around the pitch sort of a Jackson Hastings person I don't think Robert Louis is that guy um, so I'm not sure whether he'll work there at Leeds I, I hope I wish him all the best but um, we'll have to see how that goes I mean they've got a massive game coming up this weekend against Catalan Dragons at at home at Headingley and uh, they need to win that game really because otherwise they, they sort of, I think they'll be bottom of the table they could end up being bottom this weekend so uh, so yeah I'm not really worried what they do that's up to them but no I wish him all the best because he's been a top player for us hasn't he and uh, you know, putting some great performances some, some special magic moments as well Where does he rate in the best Salford standoff we've seen? Uh, he's up there Rob I'd say he'd be up there with with Andrew Newman Steve Blakely those are the, the, the two I always go to, you know, as um, the two sort of best standoffs I've seen in my time at Salford. And yeah, I'd, I'd have him up there, you know, in the last sort of 20, <laughs> excuse me, I'm losing my voice, last sort of 20 years or so. Yeah, I, I think he's only second to Blake <coughs> in a Salford yeah. shirt. I think he, he had, obviously, magic magic ability to, to do a step, very creative. Um, like I said before, he, he, carried this, he carried our team for a good 12 months by himself, didn't he? And obviously he had half-back partners that didn't quite work uh, and put extra pressure on himself to, to make sort of magic happen. And, you know, I did feel sorry for him at that point because we all expected him to do it as well. We were all asking him, you know, come on, Rob, you need to do this. And he must have felt the pressure, didn't he, at that point. Uh, but obviously Jack Nathan's comes along and it breathes another sort of uh, life into him again, doesn't it? And, yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to think, obviously, you know, teams move forward, clubs move forward. But he will be uh, remembered as being one of the best for me. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. He's he's always been willing to to come to the event and support us, trust things, and you know, he's a very uh, very good ambassador for the for the club. I think off off the pitch, and like last season, he was having to do a lot on his own. Like you said, there he didn't really have a uh, back partner with him for the time last season. We, we were struggling to see who put there, and he did. He carried us really, and then. He got that extra leg up when Jackson Hastings came. It took a lot of pressure off him because there were times when he, he looked like he, he was on his own out there, didn't he? So, uh, so yeah, I, I think he'll uh, he'll do well for Leeds. But I still I'm still not convinced. I still think Leeds needs someone else to go with him. It'll be interesting to see how they go. He, he could gel with Richie Miley. You don't know. He could be having an absolute storm this weekend and, and do really well. So uh, we'll have to just watch this space on on, on that now. So, uh, but yeah, good good luck to Rob Louis because he's he's a good bloke. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news, uh, Ian Watson <coughs> announced as a Great Britain assistant for the Arton Test Poll. Him and uh, Danny Ward uh, will help Wayne Bennett uh, prepare the boys for tests against Tonga, New Zealand and Papua New Guinea. Um, fantastic achievement for Ian Watson. Uh, after all his hard work at Salford, you know, I've paid off to now have the uh, one of the big jobs. Yeah, definitely. I think he's he a surprise that really when he heard that the other day. It's... Uh, it's good news, definitely good news, because you think about what he's going to be able to learn off um, off Wayne Bennett as well. You know the the experience Wayne Bennett's got in Australia and coaching the national side as well. He's you know 
what Wayne Bennett know, doesn't know is not worth knowing, really, is it? He's like, uh, he always reminds me of Clint Eastwood as well. He <laughs> looks a bit like him, doesn't he, Wayne Bennett? But, but no, I think he's he's sort of one of the godfathers, isn't he, rugby league coaching? And, uh, you know, to be working with him and to be getting that opportunity to go on that tour at the end of the season. I think he's great for Wattle and uh, I think he fully deserves it as well. And there's been times over the last few years where I've interviewed him after matches and I've thought to myself, I think one of them might have been OK, was it last season? We got absolutely battered over there and I thought, God, is, is this the end now? Is he, is he going to have enough now and walk away? And I've, I've come home really upset about it thinking, oh, blind, is that the end? And he's not, he's, 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 he's stayed in there, he's kept fighting. And adversity a lot of the time as well. A lot of those defeats and those, those runs and problems that we had haven't always been his fault. It's been because you know we've not got the tools there, we've not got the players there, we've not got the money there or whatever. And he's always had something else to deal with. You know, players have got sold and you know the, the, the points deduction. There's a, there's always been something in the background, hasn't there? And um, he just bounces back, doesn't he, and, and gets on with it. He never moans. Um, he never comes out in the in the in the press and sort of blames people, blames injuries or anything like that. He takes it all on the chin. And um, no, I think the most pleasing thing for me is now that this recognition he's getting. It just shows you that outside, I'm going to use the, the phrase now, outside our Salford bubble, hmm. there's, there's there's other people out there, other clubs, other supporters, other coaches, and I think they think an awful lot of what. And I think that's the ultimate respect. If you can get the respect of your peers and your fellow coaches, you're going to go a long way, aren't you? You've only got to speak to people like Daryl Powell and, you know, the, the guy at St. Helens Hall, Brooke Lee Radford, you know, anybody, any of those coaches in Super League. And they'll they'll tell you what they think of what. And I think they all think he's a really good coach, really knowledgeable guy as well and uh, very down-to-earth guy. And I think you've got a similar guy at London Broncos in Danny Ward. I mean, I've spoke to him a couple of times when we played London. Very pleasant guy. Always in the same mood, and um, I think with him, I think he's a very good man manager and a very good motivator as well. Because you, you look at the team spirit he's got in that London Broncos side, and there's not many other sides in the league that have got that sort of spirit and that togetherness. So I think Wayne Bennett has, has, has hit the nail on the head there. He's picked two really good blokes to have on his staff. Yeah, I think what will protect his players fantastically well. Lots of chaos going on out, out, outside that player bubble, uh, and, and he, he allows them. To, to, to play to their potential rather than them get sort of distracted with, with what's going on. And that's a, that's a big skill, that, for me. Especially at Salford, because we've had a lot of craziness going on outside, you know, the, the, the player bubble. And be able to shelter the players from that, it, it's a big thing. And I think it kind of happens for Great Britain as well, because that's a different kind of pressure, isn't it, playing for Great Britain? Having to go on tour to Tonga or New Zealand and Papua New Guinea, you know, big games, all them games as well. Travelling to the other side of the world, Paul, you know he's going to be able to. He's going to have to manage them players in it to, to to get the best out of them, uh, and I'm sure he will because he does it every week for us. Yeah, yeah. And you think of what what he's going to learn going out with, the, with those players and the contacts he's going to make and the profile of our club that he's going to raise our club. So, so I think it's it's great news for him. It really is. I was so chuffed. I mean, I panicked the other night because Ellen shouted me and she said, "Paul, have you seen this about what?" And I thought. What she seen about what? Because she, she must have been on Twitter on her phone. And I thought, how, how does she? Because when she reports something, it's usually bad news, you know, because it's come <laughs> up on her Twitter feed. I thought, oh my God, don't send me leads of Nick Wattle or something. And she's always showed me that. I thought, oh, the relief on my face was like, oh, thank God for that. But, uh, but no, it, it was a great story the other night when that came out. And I think, um, you know, it's. Um, Going to put us in a, in a good mood now, isn't it? He's going to put him in. He was bouncing. What I thought after the, the cast game, he was really, really chuffed. And uh, you know, I don't know when when this news had come through to him, but uh, 
I was delighted for him anyway, and uh, I'm sure uh, hopefully if I get if I get a, a word with him on Friday, I'll be, be you know, congratulating him on it. Yeah, on the flip side of that, Paul, while he's touring with Great Britain, we're going to do our pre-season. So do you think that might have an effect on us? Obviously, him being sort of in Australia, New Zealand, when we start our pre-season, or will we just delay it till he comes back, or will he manage to get an assistant coach in and, and kind of like give him the reins? Uh, until he returns? Um, I'm not sure when the tour finishes, Rob. I'll have to have a look at the dates, November. but I'm pretty sure that... It's, when does it finish, sorry? Yeah, I think it's November the 11th, I think, the last game. But yeah, so... You can't just sort of jump on the plane and come straight back. No, but your, pre, your pre-season probably only starts, I don't know, about the second week of November. They'll only be starting around about then anyway, won't it? And they only sort of pick it up, I would say, in the start of December, don't they? You'll start really really switching on then so he'll be back by then anyway well, and then they'll break up for Christmas obviously for a week or so and then really it's it for the friendlies in January so I wouldn't be too much worried about that really Rob I think your pre-season is sort of those first couple of weeks of December isn't it and then January you hit the ground running then don't you and get your friendlies out of the way that's when you, you, you're heading up to top fitness so yeah maybe the first couple of weeks here when they're coming back and he'll miss all the hard work won't he at the start when they're doing all the hill running and all that <laughs> so uh, Running all the beer off that they've had in uh, in October, but um, no, I think I think I think we'll be all right. Whoever we get in, it's interesting to see who it's going to be. This this assistant, like I said before, it's um, I'm sure he'll pick the right man for the job, but uh, and we'll we'll do all right. The, the guy you were giving eyes to on Friday. Well, there's a few apparently. I heard there was somebody else there as well. I'm not, I'm not mentioning any names, no. so don't be nobody be messaging me now or asking me <laughs> because I'm not giving anything away. The only people I've seen at the match, it could be anybody. So, yeah. well, Paul's only got two eyes, so we can only look at two people at once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, other news, Paul. Uh, Adam Walker banned uh, two matches. Um, big loss for us. Lots of aggression. Lots of go forward. Going to be missed these two games, but opportunity for someone to come in and take his place and take his mantle and be the aggressive one yeah well there's not a lot of people available really is it? if you think about it. I was talking up in my head the other day who I'd play and with George Griffin and, and Lee Moss I believe is out for a couple of weeks isn't he so there is there's some space there perhaps for you've got Lannan there haven't you we've got I don't know if Ben Kabuai is fit I think he might be he's in the squad I think Ben I've just I'm sure I've seen the squad today and he was in it so there might be a chance for him to come back in. I've not seen the actual um, crusher tackle, I think it was, that he's been banned for Adam Walker, so I, I can't really comment. I've not seen it, so it wasn't on the highlights on the Super League show. So I don't know how bad it was, and I don't remember anything sinister in the game because it all happened so fast, and if you don't see a replay, you don't really know, do you? So I don't know. I've heard a few people say it was harsh, but without seeing it, I can't really... I'm doing my arse and Wenger here. I can't really comment on it because I've not seen it. But um, I know Daryl Powell was flapping about a, t- a challenge from Jackson Hastings, wasn't he, in the game. Um, I believe he, he, he came flying down to the touchline and then reading his stuff in the press. I mean, I didn't see his press conference, so I don't know what he said, but reading what he said in the press, he, he sort of took that back really and said it wasn't as bad as he first thought. I don't know what said there was nothing in that Hastings, Hastings challenge. Because so, I know he got put on report, so I'm just glad that they saw sense and didn't ban Jackson Aces because that would have been hard work for us, especially with a, a couple of injuries we've picked up. Yeah, it would have been a would have been a problem, but like you said, unfortunately we have to do without Adam Walker for a couple of weeks. So it gives him a chance to rest and recuperate and, and maybe get rid of a few niggles he might probably carry in uh, and be fully fit and focused, ready for you know the games towards the back end of the season. 
Uh, other bits of news, Paul, as well. Um, we've been in the in the, uh, in the community again. Uh, Eccles uh, County Fair um, promoting the club. The Soper Devils Foundation have been there doing the, the community thing. Uh, they do a fantastic job, and I think it's great that you know we were able to get to uh, the county fair uh, and promote the club and promote what they do. Yeah, that's that's great stuff. That yeah. Uh, do we know what happened there at the county fair? Was it like one of these sort of village fate things yeah. with Tom Bowlers and all that sort of thing? Yeah. That what it was, right? Yeah. yeah, that's great. You know, the more things like that you can get to and tell people about the, the club and uh, what we're doing. And like I said before, we were talking about the uh, the atmosphere and that that video footage that we've seen. That that's first class. Out there. You know, the more stuff like that that you get out there and get into the community and, and tell people what we're doing and get them on board and, and get them to, to matches and get them believing in what we're doing and all going in the right direction. That's the way you've got to go, isn't it? And it's like you said, it's this isn't going to be built overnight. It's not like a... I think it's a really sort of steady burner, this now. It's not sort of win four or five games in the spin and we're going to get 10,000. That's not how it works. I think this is a work in progress now for the next couple of years where we've got to keep making progress year on year and you know it might not be a lot that you had on to your tenders, but the you know a few hundred, or half a you know half a you know a thousand something like five hundred every season, just keep keep slowly creeping up. That's the way to do it. That's how that's how Castleford did it. You know when they sort of had those six, I think they've done six seasons now in the top five, and um, that's how they've added onto their crowd with slowly but surely consistent performance. So uh, if we can do that, get out in the community as well. Get some offers on on tickets and, and things like that and merchandise and whatever and get children involved and uh, I think that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, I don't know what our average attendance is so far this season. I know we're on the season we were above uh, last year's um, sort of average. Um, was there three thousand there on on Friday against Cass? Um, two thousand nine hundred, I think it was. It was two thousand seven, I think, against Wakefield. So they're not not the best of crowds. Really. They're pretty no. poor, really. Well, is it growing? Is it is it bigger than last season's? Obviously, we haven't got the, the stats and facts to, to back that up. I'm sure it's probably it's similar, really, isn't it, Rob? I don't think it's there's a massive difference. I don't think it's got shot up, has it? I mean, less than three thousand for a super league team is pretty pretty poor, isn't it? Let's be honest with it. But you know, what do you do? What do you do? You can't sit there and moan about it and be negative about it. I think you've got to be positive and just say, you know, those two thousand nine hundred people that have come. You know, that's off to them because they're coming every week and, and getting behind the team and they're loyal, aren't they? I mean, you've already got to look at what we've been taking away from home. Our away followers have been pretty good and, um, you know, we've got a loyal band of supporters. So let's not diss those ones that are going. Let's, um, you know, target people who aren't going and, and, and ask them, you know, mate, why, why are you not going and what can we do to entice you there? And, you know, I think that's what we've got to do, isn't it? Engage with the, the people. I've seen it on, on, on Facebook, I think, this week. A few people said they didn't go because they thought it was too expensive. So perhaps that's something they've got to look at. But, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, so I'm not one of these people who say, oh, yeah, drop the prices because if you drop the prices, then obviously you've got to work the maths out because you've got to pay the bills, haven't you, and things like that. So uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of... Stuff there for people to look at, but you know, people are probably a, an awful lot more qualified than I am to sort of make decisions on it. Yeah, but we've, we've built links, haven't we, with people now, like the yeah, yeah, and uh, the Lowry and the hospital and the fire service and you know various other people. Um, so now we we should be sort of using them links to say, right, what what can we do for you to entice you to come and watch us? What can we offer you to to, to you know, to think, oh, I'll go to the game this week. That's the that's the question I think, because obviously we we are sort of in the bubble, and it, and I think when you're in the bubble, you get distracted by you know what's going on, and you don't really kind of take in the actual 
uh, sort of the whole event as it is. If you were coming from outside the bubble and sort of getting involved in Salt Red Devils, what's your view of the club? What what can what can the club do to, to make you think, oh, I want to go again? And, that, yeah. and that's, the, that's the kind of thing the club needs to do. They need to reach out to the university and to, you know, colleges and, and schools and, you know, other people outside of bubble and say, what can we do for you to entice you to come in again? Because that, yeah. that, that is the big, the big, big question for me. It's, it's how, how much do you dig? Because if you dig, you find out what the actual answer is. And I'm just hoping yeah. that somebody somewhere has that in their sort of armour and their, and their to-do list that they dig a bit and they find out you know, why people aren't coming in the masses when they dig. And if they get the answer to that question, then this, ter- this club then turns on a sixpence and we get you know, double the attendance. It's just little things. It might just be a little thing. It might, like I said, it might, be, it might be cost of ticket. It might be transport getting to, you know, getting to a game. But like I say, the supporters trust now put buses on, don't they, for supporters. These other supporters who don't come every week might not know that there's buses on now, but as soon as we tell them there's a bus on, it might change their opinion. It might be price. Um, it could be anything, Paul. But I'm sure, I'm sure somebody somewhere is going to be digging on this information to find out the answer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. I think we need to say about transport and stuff like that. That's probably the most talked about thing I've heard in the, the time we've been at the AJ Bell. I don't know how many years is it now? 2012, we went there, didn't we? So what's that? Seven that years, is it? Yeah. So over the seven years, that's probably the the excuse for want of a better word that I've heard of people saying it's too hard to get to it's too busy things like that and I don't know I think perhaps we need to start telling people that it's not that hard to get to is what people say I mean you've got to be positive about it now I think there was so much negative stuff went on didn't it about that and people saying I mean even the owner Mr Kukash he was saying it one of you was a pain in the ass to get to it was this it was that it wasn't in the right place but it's there now it's not going to move, is it? We're not going to get a new ground built somewhere else. That's our ground now. That's where we're going to be playing for the next God knows how long. So you can't start whinging about it and saying we want the ground somewhere else because it's not going to happen. That council's not going to do that. So you've just got to make the best of what you've got there. So I think for me now it's a clean slate. Just be really positive about it. Don't say anything negative about where it is because we all know now it's pretty straightforward to get to. Isn't it? I mean, I can get there. Either half an hour from where I live in Moston and it's on the other side of town really so it, it can't be that bad you hear about I've seen some people on that, that Red Shark on Facebook and some people come from some right obscure places and <laughs> come to get to the game and that's travelling from all over the show so I don't know I think it's about being positive now and, and jumping on a bandwagon if you can it's a feel good factor if you can make people want to go and spread the excitement and say, you know, it's good here, it's a great atmosphere, it's a great night out. Why did people go to the Willows in the, in the 70s? I mean, it's before my time, but I've heard all about it. Why did they go? They went because the team was playing some good rugby. They had some good names playing for them. Yeah, we've got good names now, like Jackson Aces and Joey Lussie, you know, exciting players, haven't we? So we've got them now. Um, you're winning matches, all right, yeah, we're winning games now, but why did people go? Because it was a good night out and things like that, didn't they? You know, the club was there and all that. Well, we've got good... Saying we've got the variety centre now, have we? But you've got the you know Andy Steele doing stuff there, and the, you know the DJ and all the music there going on. You've got a decent pub near the ground as well, and you know summer nights now where we're playing Friday nights. The weather's pretty decent, so you've got to sell it to him. Perhaps let's have some more things outside the ground. You know, get a bit of a barbecue going or something, or a bit of a band on and that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure we could really sell it outside the out, out the ground, get some entertainment, a bit more entertainment. We've got to we've got to tell people you know make it a bit of a festival out of it. Perhaps make each game um, a bit of a 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. That's what the club kind of said early on in the season, that they were going to make every game an event. Yeah, yeah, I think think so. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see... um, I'd like to see us do a bit more with with, with you know, the players and that you know, the heritage players and maybe have a heritage event, a heritage round when we're playing in old shirt and things like that. And we we I mean, we loved that a few weeks ago when it was Nash's birthday. We got a lot of old players there and that he played with him and it was great. And I think you know let's let's do more things like that. Let's let's get involved and let's ask the supporters what they want to do and uh, you know give them a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a say in it. So I think there's a lot we can do. I think there's loads of stuff we can do. I'm not like one of these with loads of ideas, but that's just off the top of my head. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there's cleverer people out there than me that can, you know, marketing people who can come up with, with some ideas or some solutions anyway. you just got to be consistent. If it doesn't work at yeah. the first time, doesn't mean you can it. Go again. Go again. Because obviously we're marketing. Some people might not notice it till two, three, four down the line. And, that, and that's sometimes we've, we've, we've been guilty of that where a good idea comes up and it starts to starts to fly, and then just because it doesn't fly off into the sunset, it drop they drop it, and it, you can't do that as a club. You've got to be consistent, and that's that's both on and off the field as well for me. Because obviously we talk about success, we talk about you know finishing that in that top five consistently, and that will turn the club round. So it's, it's everybody has that responsibility to be, to to be consistently good at everything they do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think just going back to the, the team on the pitch, um, you know, sometimes I think our supporters, and, and me included, I'll be honest with you now, we win a couple of games and, and we like to think, blimey, this is great, this. And, uh, you know, you, you sort of get a bit dragged away with it. When you think about it, though, three or four wins on the spin, five wins on the spin or whatever, isn't doesn't make the season, does it? It doesn't make it a decent season. We've not had many decent seasons over the last sort of 30 years, and I think that's what people want to see. They don't want it to be the same old Salford, do they? You know, and I think sometimes it isn't. It we, we we end up finishing down the table, and we've not had anything like consistency over the last 20 years. We haven't. I'm talking about four or five years of consistent stuff now, and I can't remember the last time we did that. I don't think we've done it in my lifetime watching Salford. So if we can do that now, and I, I think we can. The what I was thinking the other day, he's probably. He's probably becoming now the most successful coach I've seen at the club in my sort of time watching him. I'm, I'm thinking like Andy Gregory is half decent, Carl Harrison was good. But I think what was now is he's on the verge now of eclipsing them with what he's done at the club. And if he can carry that on now and, and have a top sort of table finish this season and then success next season again, I think you're going in the right direction. And that's when you can start building crowds, I think, with, with consistency on the pitch. Because despite what everybody says about all this stuff off the pitch at the end of the day results on the pitch will, will determine crowds I think yeah. I think if, you, if you're winning and everyone's feeling it and you're all going on the journey together and you're having success you're getting to finals you're getting close to finals that's when people are going to start coming and I said it to you loads of times how many people will be going to Leeds and Wigan and Saints now if they've not won nothing for 43 years and I mean nothing I mean come on Rob Leeds' crowds have dropped off this season, but if they'd not won a tro- trophy since 1976, they'd be lucky it's about 3,000 at Edinburgh. So that's what we've got to deal with, and it's it's time now for us to be consistent and, and slowly build, and I, th- I think we're going in the right direction with what Because we're learning to win games we don't normally win, like the Casper game, like the Casper game. Um, halfway through the, well, 10 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go in that Casper game, I sort of turn around to Tom 
Bramwell, the, the Manchester News Arena, and gave him the eyes, saying, "We're going to win this," because yeah. I, I could sense it. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it's that kind of feeling that in the crowd where it used to be anxiety because you're thinking we're going to throw this away. Now it's like, you know, it, it, this is ours. We're going to win this. You know what yeah. I mean? And, that, and that's the switch. And that's and that I can feel that. In, yeah. in, in, in what's happening at the club now we're going from a club that's you know full of anxiety full of like panic full of like you know what's going to happen next to a club that's focused strong committed to the cause and wanting to grow and wanting to get better both on and off the pitch and, and that's a good thing for me there's a good energy there at the moment isn't there I think the Ian Watson brings that energy doesn't he and I think you know like I said Hastings and Lutzik and some of the other players in that squad there <clears throat> they brought that, like an energy to us now and in a belief, I think, as well. I think the belief's gone up this season. There was times this season when I thought, we need to have a bit more belief. And I think what I said in a few games, the players need to believe a bit more that they are good enough to go and win these games. And I think over the last couple of weeks now, and the last couple of months, really, since um, since Easter, if you look at the, the fixtures, the, the games that we have lost uh, have all been really close games. The Wigan games have been close. The OKR game Magic Weekend was close. The Saints game was a couple of points. The old game away was three points. So we've been really close in a lot of games now. And, you know, you think there's fine margins. You turn sort of four of them games around into wins. You're in the top two. So we really have turned the corner for me recently, since Easter time, as I said. And uh, we've just got to keep that going now. And, you know, this season, as daft as it sounds, you get in that top five and, you know, we, we had the chat with Tom, didn't we, on um, Tom Bramwell on uh, on the weekend about this. And we were saying, didn't we, I know it's, it sounds like a dream to get to Old Trafford, but you get in that top five, top four, you've got a chance, haven't you? You've got as good a chance as anybody else. All right, you might be away from home, but you get in the playoffs, it's a bit of a lottery then, isn't it? So, no, there's there's loads we can achieve this season. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, it's going to be super exciting. Loads of games to go. You know, the only way this club's going is forward for me. Uh, next bit of news. Paul, last week we talked about uh, digital tickets, uh, the club kind of like using your mobile phone as a season ticket uh, for, for, for next season and beyond. It was a success experiment, Paul. Uh, they're looking at expanding it. Um, so if you want to get involved and, and turn your season ticket digital, I think we're talking to you, Paul, um, contact ticket office at ajbellstadium.co.uk uh, with your name, your reference number on the card, the email address you want the season ticket sent to, and your area slash seat number, and then they will do the rest. So that's a, that's a good thing. Obviously, in, embracing technology, Paul, um, and uh, next season we'll all have a digital season ticket. Yeah. Apart from okay. you, we'll have a paper one. <laughs> yeah, you think so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a bit, a bit, I sound like, the, in my job, um, people talk about smart meters a lot, you know, the gas meters, the electric meters. You go down to a lot of people's houses, like especially the, the older generation, and you'll ask them about, oh, have you got your, your smart meter like? And they'll say, no, I'm not having one of them. They, they cause problems, you get radiation, or they don't work, and this, that, and the other. I'm staying old school with that. And I sound a bit like that. I don't know if uh, season ticket, I'm like an old, an old, you know, I'm staying with me, uh, me, me old school stuff, you know, stuff I can work. So, uh, you know, you'll have, to, you'll have to drag me into the... The, uh, the new modern age soon, the space age soon. Model. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> I'm going to get left behind. <laughs> you're gonna, you might get left behind, Paul, yeah. Uh, obviously, people want to embrace the technology, contact the stadium people and the club and, you know, they will do the rest. Um, next bit of news, uh, Huddersfield tickets are available uh, for the 4th of July. £20 for adults, <coughs> £15 for concessions, £7 for 
children. Uh, it's a big actually offer, I think, before the uh, I think it, is it Sunday the, the the offer ends. I think it does, yeah, yeah. The um, game's next Thursday, and it's Thursday night. That's the one. So uh, hopefully, you know, people who might not necessarily go to the game might get the opportunity if we tell them that this offer is available, and also tell them that Supporters Trust uh, runs buses. It might sway people who are sort of uh, being away from the club for a while to give us a go against other field. Yeah, and the home, the home form's been really good. I think we've won three on the bounce now at home, haven't we? Oh. So we're going for four wins there. Imagine if we beat Wigan as well. How, how good would that be coming home against Huddersfield? So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be exciting. That. And like I said, if that ticket offer does end soon, you know, make sure you get your tickets for that because uh, it's going to be a good night, that. definitely. Yeah. Uh, final bit of news, Paul. Um, helicopter raffle. Uh, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, but we want to update our listeners, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, excuse me a minute. No problem. Um, <laughs> I nicked downstairs because my, my voice was going. Was it? I had a really dry throat. My voice was going, so I just went down and have a quick drink of milk. But I've left, you know the, I've left the flyer upstairs with the, the details. You know what? You go and grab the flyer and I'll tell everyone. I've got it. I've got it now. I've got, right. it. I've got it. You know what? I better go back downstairs. I think I've got a bit of a cold or something because I had, a, I had this on Friday night at the match and uh, I had to apologise to the people watching the videos because my nose getting dribbling everywhere but it's either a fever or a cold or something work I've got a really sore throat tonight as well yeah thirsty work this uh, podcasting Paul that's what it is yeah I think about the lurgy or something <laughs> the yeah I've got it I've got all the details here got it right? all there okay yeah. helicopter raffle Paul sell it to me yeah, it's a super raffle, and it includes a short helicopter bus flight for three people. It's going from the city airport near the AJ Bell. A maximum of three people will join the staff of Flight Academy in Manchester to take off and circle the stadium and fly over Barton Bridge for a bird's-eye view of the area. After venturing the skies and viewing the local surroundings, the three entry winners will be treated to brunch with drinks to follow in the Veterans Garage Bar, which co-founder David Redshaw showing support for the foundation, allowing the three lucky people to have this experience. And the bar is located right next to the Flight Academy at the City Airport. The next step of the trip will be to take you to the AJ Bell Stadium to watch the Salford Red Devils first team play the French Catalans Dragons team. This will include VIP tickets for the 1873 club, where a matchday programme will be issued which includes player profiles and squad numbers for both of the teams. During this time, there will be more drinks included as the 1873 club does have a bar. For more info or to enter the prize draw, please contact the following. John Blackburn and his email address is john.blackburn at salfordreddevils.net. That's all lowercase. Or you can phone him on 077 627 32790 or you can contact Shirley Bradshaw and her email address is shirleybradshaw49 at gmail.com and her contact telephone number is 078 179 04217 <coughs> and tickets are priced at £5 per ticket it's a 16 you've got to be over 16 to do it the draw date will be Thursday the 11th of July at midday in the museum at the AJ Bell Stadium all tickets to be returned by 9pm on the 11th of July. Sorry, 9am on the 11th of July. All funds raised will go towards a replacement minibus. The winner will be notified at midday, as mentioned above. So we'll, what we'll do is, should we um, get the, that poster on the on the Facebook page yep. again, on Twitter, so people can see it? Yeah, we'll get it on the Twitter, we'll get it on the Facebook. If I was one of my one of the listeners, you know what I'd be doing, Paul, now? I'd probably what? pause it, pause the podcast right now. Yep. I'd, I'd email or I'd ring Shirley. Um, 
and get my ticket organised. Yeah. Oh, John Blackburn. Because yeah. obviously, yeah. I love a good helicopter, helicopter ride me. And it's well You've worth. been in one before? Um, no, but I fancied it. Oh, you love one then if you don't do it. I know it's a good thing. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love seeing them fly about. And I know my dad wants yeah. to go on one. My dad yeah. wants to go on one. So right. I, I, I really do fancy it. Um, so you're going to take on if you win then you can take two people it's for three people well, or, is it, or is it three different people who get raffled or, or what, what happens is it three it said three on the thing didn't it yeah so dad, you must just go in with two other winners said dad uh, you're not too keen on it no I'm not going no, no. probably said my wife maybe okay said wife I don't like playing <laughs> I could just about do the plane to Perpignan for the match and I'm shaking doing that so uh, no I'm not going to helicopter yeah. So that, if, when I win, when I win that, we'll, uh, I'll take I'll it. just wave to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the plan. Well, uh, yeah, so hopefully a lot of people will get involved in that, Paul. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's for a great cause as well, yeah. isn't it? Raising money for this replacement minibus as well, you know. That's, uh, you know, good, good stuff for the foundation. Though. Yeah, it's like I say, it's, the, it's a big thing, isn't it, the bus for them, you know, getting yeah. in the They need the bus, don't they, to get all the gear carted around and... You know, hopefully, you know, a lot of people will buy tickets for this helicopter ride and they'll be able to buy a new bus and continue the great stuff they do in the in the community. Yeah, yeah, we can, we can keep plugging it as well. We'll give it out next week on next week's show just to, just to do everybody's head in yep. and uh, just, just to get, everybody, uh, get everybody's minds on it. <laughs> yeah, so that's all the, the big news coming out of Salt Red Devils uh, this week. Next up on The Devil in Detail, we'll look back at uh, the amateur scene with Paul this week. Well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. We'll start off with the National Conference Leagues. And not the best uh, week for our local. All four of them were, uh, were beaten. There was no match for Saddleworth Rangers, but the rest of them all come up with defeats this week. Rochdale Mayfield were beaten in the Premier Division at home to Lock Lane by 30 points to 22. Coming back well in the second half, they were 18-6 down at half-time, but uh, failed to overturn Lock Lane, 30-22. That one finished in Division 3. Drillington, 56. Salford City Roosters, 4. The Roosters' only try coming through Andrew Muscat in that game. Their only points in that game, Andrew Muscat with a try. Hensingham, 34. Oldham St. Anne's, 22. Wollstone Rovers, 28. Waterhead Warriors, 16. The fixtures for this week is just one involving our local teams. That's this coming Saturday in Division 1. Saddleworth Rangers are at home to Featherstone Lions. We're moving on to the North West Men's League. Division 1. Halton Sims Cross, 40. Folly Lane, 10. Oldham St. Anne's A34, Hindley 30. In Division 2, Pilkington Rex A30, West Horton Lions 18. Wigan St. Pat's A6, Berry Broncos 24. So a big win there for Berry Broncos away at Wigan St. Pat's. Well done to them. In Division 4, Saddleworth Rangers A64, Chester Gladiators 10. And in Division 5, it wasn't a good week for Bolton Mets. They were beaten away to Newton Storm by 90 points to 2. The fixtures for this weekend in the North West Shield, it's Saddleworth Rangers A against Blackpool Scorpions. And there's just one fixture in Division 1, that's Oldham St. Anne's A against Blackbrook. Well, the fixtures for this weekend in the North West Youth League, these games were played on Sunday, the 30th of June, this coming Sunday. In the under 18s Premier Division, it's Lee East against Waterhead. Oldham St. Anne's play Lee Minor Rangers. Saddleworth Rangers play Shevington Sharks. In Division 1, it's Oral St. James against Rochdale Mayfield. Division 2, 
Burton Wood against Salford City Roosters and Langworthy Reds play Folly Lane in the local derby there. Under 16's Premier Division, it's Saddleworth Rangers at home to Thato Heath. In Division 1, Oldham St Anne's entertain Shevington Sharks. Waterhead Warriors play Witness Moorfield. Division 2 of the under 16's, Burton Wood play West Horton. Goldbourne play Folly Lane and Ulverston play Rochdale Mayfield. And finally, the under 16's Division 3, it's Bury Broncos against Leyland Warriors. Well, as we spoke about last week, it's a student rugby league for nations. I've got the results for you from the, the last round of results. It was England 52, Wales 16. A couple of our local students played in that game. Andrew Joy of Manchester University and Connor McCallum of Manchester Met. So a good win, 52-16 for England against Wales. Ireland beat Scotland in a thrilling match, 28 points to 26. Ireland with a super comeback, covering from 18-0 down at half-time to win that game against Scotland. So congratulations to Ireland and England with those results. The fixtures for this week, the double headers again, Wednesday the 26th of June, Ireland play England, 2.45 kickoff. Scotland play Wales, at 5 p.m. kickoff, and on Saturday, the 29th of June, this coming Saturday, Wales play Ireland at 1 o'clock and Scotland play England at 3.15. All the matches are played at Pef Pefer Mill Playing Fields, and that's at the University of Edinburgh. So it's a bit of a trek from here, but if you're up that way, check that out because there's been some great games in that student four nations. Well, the final bit of news this week, it's not amateur stuff, but I always like to give you the, the Challenge Cup and the, the, the also the 1895 Cup. It's the fixtures this week for that, the quarter-finals of the 1895 Cup. These sides get to Wembley and play after the Challenge Cup final in this competition, but it's going to be a thrilling competition anyway. These sides get the chance to get to Wembley. It's the quarter-finals, draw's been made. These games are going to be played this Wednesday, the 26th of June. Doncaster play Sheffield Eagles. That's half-seven kickoff, and that game's going to be at the LD Nutrition Stadium in Featherstone. Lee Centurions play Barrow Raiders. That match is a 7.30 kickoff, and that will be played at the Totally Wicked Stadium in St. Helens. Witness Vikings are home to Dewsbury, 8 o'clock kickoff, and York City Knights play Batley Bulldogs at 7.30 kickoff. So four cracking ties there. I wouldn't like to pick the winner from any of those it's, uh, it's going to be a great competition that will keep you informed with the scores and we'll give you the draw for the semi-final next week that's all I've got for you this week on the Devil in the Detail Amateur Report I shall see you at Wigan on Friday night for Salford's big match there have a good week and take care So Paul that was your Amateur Report uh, and next up we're going to be looking forward to the Wigan game on Friday night it's time for the Devil of the Detail. So, so for a Devil's Travel to Wigan Warriors on Friday, Paul. Fresh from two wins on the spin. Ian Watson's men full of confidence. Big game. If we can turn Wigan over at home, that would be a massive, massive sign uh, that we're moving forward. I think so, Rob. Yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be an amazing victory <clears throat> if we could if we could get a result there. I mean, that's all right, right. We're going to know Mugs, uh, the Super League champions, and all right, they've had a bit of an in and out season this this time uh, under a new coach. They've had a lot of uh, good players go, haven't they? You know, losing uh, losing Bateman and, and Ryan Sutton and, and, and Tompkins. They've they've lost some big name players there, haven't they? And um, it's took them a while to adapt. But if you look at their results in, over the last few weeks. They've, they've really sort of uh, come to the fore now, haven't they? They've played some good stuff. They've got some good players. They've got some pace. They've got a lot of international players in there as well. And you know that that young lad Hankinson who played at Swindon, he's, he's playing really well from the centre. I know he kicked about seven or eight goals at Huddersfield last week and scored a try and played well. So 
you know, Gildart in there, Joe Burgess, Liam Marshall, some pace, George Williams, excellent player, Sean O'Loughlin, you know, he's getting on a bit now, O'Loughlin, but he's played really well the last couple of weeks, looks like he's found his found his feet again. They've got a, a, a ferocious pack of forwards, haven't they? Really, really physical team. <clears throat> a side that, for me, like to like to mix it and like to play it really close to the bone. Uh, we're a very physical team and you know some of the stuff they do is probably bothering on, you know, outside the rules, isn't it? But that, that's the way they play the game. So uh, I think it's going to be a very, very physical game and it's going to be one where this game will probably be one in the pack. I think if you get on top of their pack and slow them down and then your individuals like I said, Hastings and hopefully Lala here can, can get involved and Naya levels and, and really take the game to them because I think we can score points against Wigan, definitely. But just keeping them out because they've got some very creative players, particularly that that edge where Gildart and, and, and Greenwood, the big forward play, and, and George Williams, very good on that side. They've done us twice at home this season, so we need to be wary about that. We've got to make sure we, we don't play Wigan Warriors, the brand. We play Wigan Warriors, the team. Because, yeah, they have got some good players, but they're not Wigan Warriors of old. And we've got some very good players in our ranks. And man for man, you know, we could really test with them. And I've got a big feeling that we're going to be able to, you know, put on a big, big show uh, at Wigan and come away with a win. You know, with a new new players coming in, um, full of confidence after the last two wins. Um, it, it could be a, a very, very interesting game. It's a massive game, Robert. It? It's like <clears throat> these sort of games, you know, they lose. We've only won there. They, they, DW Stadium once, haven't we? That was a great night. But these these sort of games, we we normally come up a bit short, don't we? Or we get the wrong call from a referee or something daft like that. So <clears throat> I'm just hoping. I've got a really good feeling about this game. You know, the, the players in our side, they got some quality players, haven't we? All over the place. And I'm glad to see Ken Seals back in the squad this week. So I'm hoping he's going to be fit. You know, guys like Josh Jones, they, they can cause problems, can't they? Hastings, Lussick, and the list goes on, doesn't it? So We've got a good spine now, and I think that's what's been mentioned the last couple of weeks. Our spine has played really well, and if they can all play well on the, on Friday night and we can get on top, you know, you've got forwards there doing the grafting. You know, that's a Gil Dudson. If they can put their head down and, and work as well as they have been doing in recent weeks, we've got a massive chance of winning this game and going up to fourth in the table. And sort of fourth with nine nine games to go, you know, you really are giving yourself a great chance of, of getting into the playoffs. Yeah, we're hoping for a big following as well. Uh, going down to Wigan, I see Warrington um, sort of announced that we were the fourth biggest away following uh, this season behind Settlers, Leeds and Wigan with a thousand travelling uh, to Warrington. Do you think uh, we're going to have a similar number uh, going to Wigan on Friday? I'd like to hope so, Rob. Yeah, I know that was good Friday when we played at Warrington. And it's, a, it's a great away trip going to Warrington as well, isn't it? It's not too far to go. I think that away followings have been good. I think they've always been good, you know, since I've watched over. We've always took, took a, a good following away from home, hardcore following. Um, we usually take a good following to Wigan as well, and it's, it's usually a Friday night, isn't it? It's, uh, it's not too far, I know it's busy on a Friday, but you know, people go, it's it's one of those grounds, isn't it? You, you've got to go to, to Wigan because we don't have to win there. It's like Leeds, if you miss it, if you don't go on Friday, we win. You know, when's the next time we're going to win at Wigan? It might be another long time, so I mean, hopefully now with, with this. Uh, Good form that we're on, we might be winning there regular. So, uh, so I don't know, but I think I think once like a good follower, I think there's a bit of a feel good factor building after those two victories at home. We're in a bit of form there. Obviously, disappointing we've lost Rob Louis, but we've got this the, the new guy coming in, and uh, there's a lot to be positive about. 
and we've got a bit of momentum there now. I'm just hoping that you know the the the, the Louis factor doesn't sort of derail us now. I just hope it galvanises and uh, we can kick on. What's the uh, the weather going to be like? Do I need any big coats, small coats? It's going to be hot, mate. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot tomorrow. Mm. And it's going to be hot on Friday, I think. I've had a look at the forecast for Saturday Sunday. Mm. It's about 30 degrees Saturday Sunday and I'm stuck in work. I've had nine hours on both days, so... Uh, three days. But, no uh, No. No, I'll have my air con blaring. <laughs> um, no, I don't think you'll need a coat on uh, on Friday night, mate. No coat. T-shirt weather. T-shirt, T-shirt weather. T-shirt. I'm taking mine anyway, because I've always got mine. T-shirt weather. Mark that down. T-shirt weather. Um, score prediction, Paul. I know you were close a couple of weeks ago. Was that sure. Chris and you kicking in well, the goal? Close against Cass, mate. I said 24-16. Mm. It was 24-16 until he decided to kick that. I know. Really goal at the end. <laughs> what was he doing heart. there? He knew. <laughs> breaking Paul's heart. But it's one of the... Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So, you're in good form now. What's your prediction for... The game against Wigan Warriors. Wigan 18. Mm-hmm. Salford 21. 21-18. Who's going to drop the goal? Lola here. Lola here. You write this down? Yeah, they write it down every week. Yeah. Oh, right. uh, Lola here. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be uh, a famous victory for Salford. I'm thinking um, our new mate Lola here and Hastings are gonna are gonna start playing like it like NRL. Uh, our forwards are gonna march up the field. Um, I'm thinking Wigan six, Salford thirty, and I'm going for a Evel Patrick. Evel, and that's the uh, that'll be the uh, that'll be the. Uh, the thing we're going to be talking about next week, Paul. That will be the day. That and that'll be the day. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> that and that'll be and that and us spending Saturday in Nando's feeding it to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good idea. I think that's going to knee deep happen. in chicken, as you say. Knee <laughs> deep in chicken. Yeah, that's uh, that's victory. That's what victory smells like. And you know what it smells like? Nando's. I think I think there's a, just just talking about Lola here. I think there's a song in that name, isn't there? Lola here. There's got to be like a song there aren't there, that the crowd can come with, especially the shed. They come up with some good songs, don't they? Yeah. Recently, so uh, I think there's a there's a, there's a ditty there, isn't there? For him, we'll have to have a think about that. Anybody who wants to tweet us it, tweet us their ideas. We we retweet the best ones, won't we, Paul? Yeah. Um, oh, I yeah. Yeah. We need to talk about this competition as well. I know we've left it a bit late tonight, haven't we? but. Um, We'll, we'll we'll sort that out, won't we? We'll, yeah. We're going to sort it out because uh, Mark A, our friend in Australia, our good friend in Australia, has, has kindly donated us um, some some t-shirts, hasn't it, for us to for us to give away on the on the show as a prize. So, uh, well, should we do that next week now? Because they've yeah. still not arrived. I've ordered them, but they've still not arrived. So, uh, well, when they come, we can uh, we can get them on the show, can't we? And we'll, we'll sort out this quiz that we're going to do for the listeners. Yeah, sounds like a, a fantastic plan, Paul. So. That's the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast, Paul. We know we said at the beginning of this podcast, we'll, we'll try and get it under an hour, and we're at one hour 30 without any editing at the moment, Paul. It's not my fault. I'm not, I'm not holding my responsibility for this, Paul. I think, it's, I think it's you this week. 
Is it me? I think it might be. I think it's me every week, isn't it? I don't know. I just waffle, don't I, sometimes? <laughs> but I, I hope the listeners don't think I talk too much. But uh, no, I've enjoyed it, Rob. I've really enjoyed tonight's podcast. I enjoy them every week, but I've, I've enjoyed tonight as well. I think it's been good. It's been uh, been good to have a chat about you know the new signings and how we're doing this season. I hope the listeners enjoy it, and I hope everybody has a great weekend and uh, they all enjoy the match on Friday night. Safe journey to everybody who's going. It might be it might be long, Paul, but it's full of quality, and that's what we want to produce. Don't we, we want to produce a quality? podcast and if we were going to shave it down to an hour you're losing 30-40 minutes of, of quality rugby league chat and that, and I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I did that so, No and I suppose you can listen to it on the way to the match on Friday can't you because it probably take you a bit to get to Wigan in traffic on a Friday night so uh, <laughs> listen to half of it on the way there and half of it on the way home Yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah fantastic show really enjoyed it big thanks for tuning this week sir Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, the Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Four hours a day. Live. Radio contact.